What's happening? John, a cut above horror review episode number 57. It is Jacqueline's pick this week. We are talking about, uh, oh yeah, Climax <laughs> 2018. It is Gaspar Noé. Yeah, French director. We're going to talk about this movie in its entirety. So um, thank you guys so much. We've hit 5,000 downloads of the podcast. So thank you so much. Keep those five-star reviews coming on Spotify and iTunes and get ready for it is Climax. The Climax 2018 episode number 57 of A Cult of Hall Review and Push Zor. Dancing shoes on. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It starts right about we. Oui. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing the film Climax from 2018. But first, let's let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, it's Hyderberg. How you doing, Hyderberg? Nope. <laughs> yeah, you're still oh, wait, on that. That was, that was last week. That was so the wrong movie. <laughs> if I could say nope to this movie. Anyway. <laughs> You What's going go, on? You have to have an open mind, Hyderberg. I'm not much. Open-minded. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? All right. All right. Starting a new job, feeling a little tired, but I'm glad to have Looks a job. Fabulous. So. So. Oh, thank you. It's literally the first time I've worn makeup during the day in like seven years. So <laughs> I I'm just talking about your hair. Oh, thanks. Yes. Vidal Sassoon? <laughs> yeah, I've been to Vidal Sassoon. Tresemme? Does my hair look as good as Mia Farrow's <laughs> in Rosemary's Baby? Yeah. Anyway, how's John, your week going? Your good. Well, okay. Good. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing like crazy to talk about this week. It's been a just a normal week, just work. Nothing All crazy. Right. I had a cool. good D and D session the other day. If anybody wants to hear about that, awesome. I bet there's some listeners out there who want to hear about your D and D exploits. Oh yeah. We'll have a spinoff podcast, D and D. Hey, we record all our sessions, so I have a ton of actual sessions recorded. I've thought about doing a podcast with it, but we talk very like bluntly about things uh, sometimes at the table. So it's like I don't know if everybody wants some of those conversations getting out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can just playing. summarize. For yeah, there might be part. It might need to be edited out a little bit. Okay, all right. Well, John, how about you? Anything interesting happening for you this week? Oh, hey, Jacqueline. How are you? Great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. And yes, your hair looks fantastic. Herbal oh, thank you. Thank mm. you. Actually, that is what I use. Yes. Herbal nice. essences. Wow. That, <laughs> That's that was kind like, of crazy that you knew that. That was cool, John. Dark. And, and by the way, Hydroberg, we do have a segment on here called Fucks or Sucks. So it doesn't, I don't think anything that you talk about with D&D is going to like offend anybody. Apple will say it's clean. No, I just didn't want to bore the audience. <laughs> That's really all it was. Yeah, Apple will still rate it clean. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I guess you <laughs> got tried. You actually got to kill somebody to get dirty. Well, the D and D stands for dicks and dongs. So, wow. I'm just kidding. That's what they call it at work <laughs> at my job. They're like, you're playing dicks and dongs this weekend. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm yeah. I, I'm good, guys. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, John. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. You didn't steal anything. That was hilarious. 
You're sporting a nice clean shave today, John. I am. Yeah, yeah. You look very dashing. I went to the uh, beach this weekend. Uh, mm. Got a little surfing in. Nice. It's a Southern California, I guess. But uh, yeah, man, I uh, feel really good. It was very, it was like sur- very serene. Uh, it was just like this moment of peacefulness for me because the water was perfect. Uh, it was really warm and it's been fairly warm out here. Not that comparison to you, Jacqueline, because you're in Florida, but it was just like, it was the most perfect day that I've ever gone. Not a yeah. cloud in the sky that it, it would just, it just felt like this. I, I, it was like a meditation for me, but I had a great time. That's John, awesome. To- I'm so glad you got to do that. Was that today? Uh, no, it was actually yesterday. Oh, good for oh, you, man. Sure. I'm still, when I ride my bike, John, I get, I feel like that same sort of, I just put my ear pods in. I zone out to my music and I just like ride on the bike. And it, it definitely makes a bad day seem to like melt away. Without mm-hmm. question. It, it, it's like, cause all the only thing you hear is the crashing of the waves and mm-hmm. then you swim back out you ride another one in and you do that for 20, 30 minutes. I mean, you get tired. I'm, I'm old as good workout. But it is actually, but I actually feel really good and very almost peaceful right now. So you look good. Good for you. you. Thank you. That's awesome. I didn't even know that you surfed. On occasion. It's mostly boogie boarding, but like this weekend, I just felt this urge to go out. Oh, by the way, uh, I do want to give a plug to our creator of our logo, my brother, Paul. Tomorrow is his 45th birthday. Nice. Happy birthday, Paul. Absolutely. And happy birthday, Paul. And we're not monetizing this at all. This podcast, He, he does have a junk removal company called sd junk pros so if you're in the greater san diego area make sure you give him a call check it out on uh facebook or you know any social media site but yeah paul uh happy birthday love you man i we all love you we appreciate you uh because you created the dope ass logo and you're still enduring legacy what's that he's still supposed to come on the show he never came on for his so shy so (laughs) really oh yeah but like, just tell him we're just shooting the shit. It's like not anything formal. Just John, have him on a Zoom call. We won't even tell him we're recording. We're just like, oh we're just gonna talk about well, that's not saying. ethical. I'm just kidding, <laughs> dude. He would so not even come on because he knows what it's gonna be. So ah, come on. We oh. would take it easy. We would be nice and not not too like aggressive with our sexual humor, etc. Well, he picked Zom Beavers, which was yeah, a yes. fantastic show for us. So like, how shy can he be? Yeah, he just picked the movie. He didn't say he would talk he, about it. I want Paul on the show because he seems like the brother who does like titties. <laughs> I love titties. I just, you know, it just it oh, doesn't God. intermingle with with movies for me. It doesn't hit like certain that. movies. It does like Frankenhooker. <laughs> Nicely done. Sorry, we're off track. Point and match. Mm. anyway well anytime paul if he ever you know there's a break in his shyness and he you know has a glimmer of courage that he wants to come on i would welcome him anytime uh in gratitude for his enduring legacy of creating our logo yeah because we're not paying him anything so he might as well right (laughs) oh he paid him zero (laughs) oh by the way and and hydroberg you were supposed to remind me so fuck you man uh, Ooh, I was wow. on a, I was on a podcast a couple of months ago called oh, yeah. Circle of Jerks. Uh, we talked about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, it's not on any podcatcher, but you can catch it on YouTube. And it was a is lot it out of, now. It is out now. Yes. The only problem is, is that the, the audio was very echo echoey. 
when I mm. looked into it. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's uh, Andy and Robert. Those guys are fantastic from the Los Angeles area, Van Nuys, I guess. They have a lot of episodes, too. They really do. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to them. I really want to get them on the podcast to talk about something, but uh, we'll Absolutely. talk. About we'll, we'll get them on. Yeah, for sure. So we that's a couple of jerks on this show. We could definitely <laughs> add a couple more. Thanks a lot, Hyderberg. I was talking about me and John. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, Miss Jacqueline. We are the jerks. You're not. You're the queen. You are. Oh, look at her flip her hair. That was awesome. Yes, queen. Mm. I'm just kidding. I'm not just the person right who now. says that. <laughs> I was into this movie a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm glad you're doing doing well. And um, John, you look really good. Um, you look like you have a healthy glow about you after your meditative surfing sesh in that oh. glorious. I've got my window right now and the sun is setting in Southern California. So it's the natural light. That's it. I just assumed that you surfed because you're from California, bro. <laughs> Dude. I con Dios, bro. Wait, hold on. I, I, I thought you were in the mafia because you're from New York. And Italian. I know. I get that all the time. Yeah, there you go. People think Joe Pesci is my cousin. <laughs> now we all know who's financing this podcast. Yeah. John, if you find a horse head in your bed tomorrow morning, don't be surprised, right? <laughs> I'm vegan, man. I won't eat it. I promise. I'm smart. I know things. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, John, do you have any horror news to share with us this week? I do. Did you guys see the trailer that just dropped this past week for Pearl? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's do initial thoughts. Oh, by the way, before you get to that, uh, it is coming out September 16th of this year. So uh, thoughts, initial thoughts. Uh, Go Hydroberg. I liked it. It looks promising. It looks a little different tone wise than uh, X, but um, overall, just it looks like some good performances and it definitely looks like some over the top uh, violence and gore for sure. Oh, absolutely. Jacqueline, thoughts? Agreed. Same thoughts. I before seeing the trailer, I thought, well, uh, I don't know if I really need to see like the origin story of this character. Like, is this just going to be kind of like a like a cash grab type of thing. But after seeing the trailer, I think it looks more intriguing than I had expected. And um, yeah, I like the look of the, the, the like aggressive violence there. And uh, I think it's interesting how Pearl's character has some of like word for word dialogue that um, Maxine has in X. So there's clearly like super strong link between those two characters. So um, it made me more curious for sure. It looks really good to me. Um, I I know when uh, the Nope uh, trailer first came out, I said it was quirky. This one felt kind of quirky, but it actually felt very dark because I love the musical choices and the shots that they showed uh, were actually really good. Got me like kind of pumped for this movie. So Mm -hmm. I think um, perhaps we would have to move some things around and try you to cover it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause uh, I, I left the theater um, during X before that. I didn't know that at the end, there was a, like a little teaser to Pearl. So I totally missed out on that. So like to see this trailer finally was pretty cool. And uh, I got, I kind of got like black Swan vibes a little bit. Like I know it's a different movie, but just sort of like, there looks like she's living a life and she's sort of like her psyche's breaking throughout. Like she's imagining things that aren't happening or like, I don't know. It looks like there's two different uh, sides to Pearl that we're getting to see in this trailer. 
I think the one thing about Mia Goth is that she's a beautiful woman, but she's very unique. Yeah, uh, beauty. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Not, it, not like unconventional. Yeah, I, she she looks like an adult, but she looks young. Um, you know, it's a, it, it, she's I don't know, like X, she killed it. I'm actually very, very curious to see this movie. I yeah, we got to move some stuff around because I really want to review it. When does it release? Uh, September 16th. OK, mm-hmm. we can figure it out. Yeah. Even if we don't do it the week of, we can figure it out. Uh, yeah, we can f- find some place to put it. Uh, yeah. So it sounds like that was a pretty effective trailer in that it piqued all of our interest sure. in seeing yeah. it. So sounds like well, that was some good trailer. I West is a good filmmaker and he definitely puts together like good shots. Uh, he knows his shots, you know, right. yeah. for sure. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, I, I would just love to see if there's some cameos from the, from the cast from X since they were there right around the same time. Like, just playing other characters, even if they're bit, like Kid Cudi just in the background as like some guy in the general store or whatever. Like, that would be interesting just to see some of the other cast in there as like a you know Easter egg or something. I would like to see that too. Yeah, yeah. I think Ty West would actually do something like that. That, that he would actually tie in. It's a different character, but it's yeah, they're there. So yeah, because that's mm-hmm. how they were making the film anyway, right? They were kind of killing time during shutdown for the what COVID. No, he wrote the script. He wrote oh, he the only screenplay wrote the during script. the shutdown. I and thought he filmed they, around the same time too. They did. He did, but he didn't film it until they were done filming X. Okay. And he was I like, "Well, while we're here, you want to make this movie?" And the guy yeah. was like, "Sure." So, yeah, but no, I think that would be really cool if he had the other actors from X in there as little uh, hidden, hidden cameos. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else, John? Oh, we got two more. Uh, so we we actually all kind of enjoyed VHS ninety four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're going punk rock scene. I saw y- this. Y two K fears. VHS ninety nine is coming out to Shutter October twentieth of twenty twenty two. Cool. That was a fast turnaround from the last. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Is Shutter like putting these out now? Like it's their property, or it feels like it. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like in the next couple of weeks or even next month, they release the uh, VHS one, two, and then viral. Hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just skip viral. That's you don't even need that one. No, you really don't. Um, I, it's interesting. It's very close in time frame to the other one. We just saw We just saw a 94. Do we need a 99? Like that's my only gripe. It seems <laughs> like I'd prefer an 84. Give me 84. <laughs> No, here's what I VHS is really a thing. Yeah, here's what I really liked about it. They released the still of it. It was a a older uh, lady that was sitting on a couch with, um, you know, uh, every New Year you see the year that it's going to become. So you see this older lady with her glasses. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it says two thousand. So I think tying into the white ears and like punk rock or or grunge or whatever. Okay, I think Um, all of us encompassing would be like yeah we remember that time because we were adults at that time so it's like okay so i was 19 but yes we're all of a certain age that we can clearly remember the y2k i definitely yeah i remember y2k yeah yeah Um, i remember i definitely i don't know i just uh i hope they have a better reach around is all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) nobody can give a better reach around than you hydroberg well maybe then maybe they should consult Man, I can help him out with that. 
All right, let's put it out in the universe. I just think the first two had a really good wraparound. And yes, uh, this newer one was sort of like, eh. I thought it was super weak. It had, it had elements of a good a good one, but it, it fell short. Yep. Poor execution, in my opinion. Yeah. But we've already covered that. So we did. <laughs> yeah, um, but I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, are you guys uh, big fans of Evil Dead? Yes, absolutely. All right. Evil Dead Rises is coming out. Uh, coming out. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was supposed to just come out on HBO Max, but on some previews or, or some screenings, it's gotten rave reviews. So it's going to come out in the theater. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is great news. I know like nothing about this film, and I'm sort of just going to keep it that way. Me too. Me too, Hyderberg. Yeah, they haven't uh, officially announced the date, but uh, Bruce Campbell, who's a producer of the movie, actually said that they've gotten rave reviews. They're going to put it out on theaters probably two weeks before they put it on HBO Max. Awesome. Okay, here's my burning question. Yes. Is Bruce Campbell in it? I don't. I take it like it's a spiritual successor to the 2013 remake. The okay. Yeah, the synopsis. I didn't know. I didn't know what the. Yeah, do I? five is there it's set in los angeles with the synopsis of like a, a couple of high rise right? yeah uh hmm. like a apartment building high rise or something like yeah that. hence like, the rising yeah mm. and there's mm-hmm. also i believe there's an animated uh show coming out ash versus evil dead possibly there's talks about that i did read something about yeah, that saw an article recently about it yeah i didn't get too much into it but yeah if if they do that, you know, obviously he said he'd be willing to do the character's voice because the stunt work is just a lot for him now at his age. Like, it's just a lot. A toll oh, on his body. Guy, so. Is he like 64? He looks phenomenal. He does. He looks so crazy. hot. He's still got that chiseled jaw. He sure does. Mm. He was one of my favorite convention celebrities that I ever met. He was so sweet. You met so Bruce Campbell? I yeah, sure did. did. He called me dear. Hmm. Of was course, I nice? melted into a little puddle. <laughs> <laughs> he was a nice dude. So nice. Yeah. Actually, I well, so I saw I met him at a convention and I saw him speak at my college when I went to Florida State. Um, he came there and did. I don't even remember what he talked about. It was so long he had ago. Those but books. Hmm? He had those books. He did. Yeah. He wrote like biography, autobiographies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I didn't speak to him then, but I, I spoke to him at the convention. I waited in line and had him autograph my dvd of evil dead and he was so nice he called me dear and he asked who to like sign the autograph to and i said jacqueline and he's like that's a lovely name and i know he says that to everybody but i didn't care i was like he said my name is lovely so yeah fangirl i'm curious and right behind her was a guy named howard and he was like oh that's a lovely name <laughs> <laughs> how how do you spell howard no offense to anyone out there named Howard. Please disregard Hyderberg's sarcasm. I'm just kidding. I'm curious. Have you guys ever met a celebrity that was a dick? Mm. Tom Savini was not a dick per se, but when I met him at, at a convention, he was a little like um, aloof. He yeah. was not like pretty much every other celeb I've ever met at a convention has been very warm and friendly and he wasn't rude, but he was just a little aloof. Like he was kind of just like, let's get through this and move on. You know, he's kind of like a little brusque. Yeah. Maybe yeah. having a bad day or something. Yeah, well, from what I hear, that's kind of his thing. Yeah. He's just kind of like that with everybody. So I didn't take he's, it. I mean, the man is like, a combat veteran. Like there's, he's been through a lot of shit and he's not necessarily yeah. a movie star. 
No, and I, I'm not saying, I mean, he wasn't like mean or anything. No. I mean, I'm not saying like it was a huge negative. He was just like kind of the least friendly. That's yeah. all. Yeah. I guess the only story I have is uh, I used to work in country radio. So the biggest dick I've ever met, and I'll put him on blast, is Tim McGraw. So, Whoa. really? Oh, yeah. I'm I guess he's so gotten surprised. I, I guess he's gotten better, you know, since he stopped drinking and he got himself in shape. And he's now part of that, what, the uh, Yellowstone 1883 or whatever it's called. I guess he's gotten better, but yeah, he was a prick. Oh, my. I, I really am surprised to hear that. I'm just it's, glad you didn't say Brad Paisley, though. I would have been heartbroken. Oh, Brad's a great guy. You met Brad Paisley. I did. <laughs> His That's wife, awesome. Faith Hill, though, is like even better looking in person and such a sweetheart. You're kidding. No. She's so gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I was a little surprised that Tim McGraw was kind of a dick because I feel like Faith Hill would have like strained him out. No, no. It's mm. his show. She was just with him, but she was a sweetheart. And um, yeah, I think she's more talented than he is. But that's just Great. my opinion. I agree. I agree. A cut above country music review. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so uh, Jacqueline, yes, this movie for us mm-hmm. called Climax from mm-hmm. 18 from Gaspar Noé or whatever his name is. That sounded uh, good. All right, so uh, why'd you pick this movie? I picked it because I personally was just kind of in the mood for something weird and intense. And I had never seen this before, but I had heard repeatedly from other people and read in various articles and stuff that all of his films are really intense and that this film was kind of weird and off the wall and 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 just like a kind of a crazy experience. So I was like, well, that sounds like what I'm in the mood for. Let's <laughs> let's drag these other two on the ride also. Let's do it. So I just I picked it because it was kind of the mood I was looking for for and uh i wanted to subject you guys to it too (laughs) is that a satisfactory answer (laughs) sure uh does it fuck or does it suck (laughs) i know where this is going look at well okay i i i i actually don't know um i keep kind of going back and forth on it i like one minute I'll think that it kind of sucks, but the next minute I'm like, well, maybe it's like a flaccid fuck. Maybe it's a flaccid fuck that's worth like a one night stand, but then you don't really want to like fuck with it anymore. Uh, but it was worth doing once. So I think maybe that's where I'll stay for now. It's a, it's a flaccid fuck. It's a, it's a good one night stand. Fair enough. What about you, John? <clears throat> Sorry, Jacqueline. This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> This movie is so hard to watch. Um, way too many characters. Uh, it's oversaturated with color. Um, hard to follow. <laughs> it, this movie's an hour and 30 minutes, and you don't get to the title sequence until like 43 John, minutes. John, it's an hour and 37 minutes. Trust me, I clocked them. <laughs> he felt every minute. <laughs> it felt like a five hour. It, this felt like a freaking Marvel movie. Okay. So. No, no, no. Marvel movies, <laughs> there are some that I like, but it, it just went so long. So that's all I'll say. So okay. it's not. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. I don't take it personally. In fact, 
there's actually a part of me that kind of sadistically enjoys like making you guys watch some crazy shit that I know you're <laughs> going to hate. So, <laughs> but I didn't know you're going to hate this because I had never seen it before myself. It's not like I was like, haha, they're definitely going to hate this. That's okay. why I'm I didn't hate this as much as I hated Thanksgiving, but it, it sucks. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know. Did this, did this film have any boobs in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't hate. It did. Yeah. There mm-hmm. were boobs. Hydroberg, okay. did that improve your opinion any? No, it doesn't. Okay. I'm not, I'm, those boobs don't make a movie better necessarily for me. That's Justin's code. Okay. Well, for you, does it fuck or does it suck? Oh, this film sucks your life oh. away for 97 minutes. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> 97 minutes. Did everybody hear that? It's exactly 97 minutes. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess we'll wait until the review to to hear uh, why it sucks so bad. All right, John, you want to hit us with the spoiler? Sure. Morning. We'll be talking about a climax from 2018 from Gaspar Noé. What's in those eye drops, Hyderberg? Just eye drops. You sure? Yeah. Are you gonna go? Oh, oh, okay. No, no. There's no LSD in them. Actually, was pretty funny. Uh, We'll be talking about this movie in its entirety. If you're not, I wish I had some LSD when I watched this movie. Pause the I think podcast. you would have lost your fucking mind if you were on LSD when you watched this. Go Sorry, watch John. It. Go ahead. And then come back to <laughs> about it. Sorry, we ruined that warning. <laughs> we're gonna spoil the movie, guys. All right. Okay, Hyderberg. I cannot wait to hear this reach around. <laughs> Is it gonna be like ten minutes long? No, it's to cover all the weird shit that happens. Not really. Um, yeah, well, hold on. The reach it's around. A general reach around. Be- Nope. <laughs> it's just a general reach around. Okay. All right. A dance rehearsal gone astray. Its participants both straight and gay. Dancers that came to slay. Their performance is a grand display. Of talent that is hard to find. A trip into the tortured minds. Who knows the depravity you may find. Of victims of this sick trick. Perpetrated by a Polish chick. She slipped LSD inside the punch. And now these dancers are out to lunch. Their minds now filled with rage, this building their overnight cage, their fears and lusts filled to the max until they reach their climax. Mm. Mm. Well done. You have, some, you have some very clever rhymes, Hyderberg. I like I really think you need to expand your your writing pursuits. Thank you. I, uh, I had to think about this one for a while. Like I had the beginning written and then I was just trying to because this look a lot happens in this film but a, a lot doesn't happen like you know what i mean like there's about, a lot of things that. well we jump around a lot in this film it moves around you know it's very kinetic uh the film literally just follow it's like it just uh a tracking shot basically the entire mm-hmm. film just keeps following everybody the movie starts out with all of the characters on this uh camera shot of a old style tv with movies yeah, uh, and I, thought, I thought that was going to be important, but it wasn't. It I was, think that was just an homage to like some of the filmmakers' favorite books and movies, maybe. Right, uh, a lot of French uh, things. Well, there, was, there were some like uh, influences. Possession, Schizophrenia. So po- possession from eighty-one was a yes. strong influence. So I thought about possession with this film because mm-hmm. it's an assault on the senses, just like possession. Mm-hmm. And like which I didn't care for. Oh, you don't like assaults on your senses? I don't know. It just, 
I mean, granted, we want a film to make us feel something, and this does, but um, like I like the beginning, the opening shot. I was sort of just like, what the fuck's going on? Like the the That's initial right. opening oh, shot is the chick the girl in the, in the, the snow. snow. Yeah. Yeah, which we've realized later who it is. Mm-hmm. Who was but, it? It was Lou. Yeah. Was it Lou? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. It's definitely or- Lou. Um I was gonna say something and I forgot. And okay. then you get that existence is fleeting uh, is a fleeting illusion. Like, what do we think that means exactly? Well, so there are several title cards that are sort there of are. cryptic and and mysterious like that. One of them so upside down. Yeah. And I oh. wrote them down. So it's like existence is a fleeting illusion. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. And birth is a unique experience. Yeah. Which is right and after the woman talks about being pregnant, right? Being pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And then life is a collective impossibility. And yeah. then death is an extraordinary experience. So Which is upside what... down after he's filmed that entire end scene upside down. Dude, okay. that, that's the problem I have with it. It's like that's a dope scene, but it's upside no, it's down. Not. I had a hard time it's all upside down. And it just feels like it's dizzying. I literally thought about watching it and tilting my head to see it better because I, there was some great camera work and imagery going on. But I mm-hmm. literally couldn't make out exactly what was going on because some of it was like we were skipping ahead. But there was like some orgy stuff going on. Then there were just like some of the dancers contorting themselves still, but in just some really weird ways. Mm-hmm. And they had like that makeup on. So like some of the uh, African-American guys had like white pale makeup on, too. So their bodies look all weird, like under the the uh, the lighting. So that looked like they had um, like some of the people were scratching themselves, too. So it looked like either wounds or like it was hard to tell what was going on with their bodies. Yeah, I had to watch. Uh, or I actually had to look up the Wikipedia of. Uh, they said that when, when the cops came in, some of the dancers were alive, some were dead. I couldn't tell who was alive, who was dead. I think that's the point. I think it's just like such a total breakdown of the group as a whole. That's like, it, only it's took, like you, you don't even know who's alive and dead anymore. Only took and two who's just dead. Asleep and, that's what the I woman thought. who kills herself. Tito's yeah, the, mom. And Tito, uh, you know, because he touched. I didn't take. Yeah, but just touching that doesn't I mean think, you die from it. She's I just think saying, dead. Well, he dead. stopped. He stopped making noise. He's dead. I mean, Tito's I thought dead. he went to sleep. Dead. But I think it's. I guess it's ambiguous. It is ambiguous because all he did was ch- he turned off the lights in an area and the and the the fuse. Like so, like that doesn't mean you fucking die. But yeah, like maybe he did die, and I I took it as possibly he died. But they didn't really tell you enough that you knew that he was dead. Yeah. Now his mother thought not- he might have died because of she was fucking tripping out. So I just assumed that maybe he was sleep. He passed out from exhaustion, from crying. I hope so. But you're right. I think it's unclear. I think you can, yeah, it, it could be either right. way. It's not definitively like, um, like shown to us. But Omar is definitely was, dead. Yeah, like, Omar is dead. Yes. In the snow. That was actually good. But you see Tito drink the sangria. So, I mean, a, a, a little five-year-old kid and that was heartbreaking i mean that was actually a very effective part of the movie for me that that seeing him just laying on the ground and you have to assume because it was right next to the electrical box and one of the characters like when the lights went out and i guess the emergency emergency lights came on that it was all red it it was just to be honest though i think if a person got electrocuted they would have been more of like a shock of like I know, building I know. but one of the characters said you know tito is dead or he got fried or something his mom said that 
Was that her? No, it was another oh, character was another who he oh, was yeah. like laughing about. It was like, everybody was yeah. really high, and one yeah. of the other characters, not his mom, said, "Like, ha ha." He was like laughing about. It. He was like, "Ha ha." Tito must have like electrocuted himself. Ha-ha. And it's like, so like joke that's what him. I thought. Them getting high definitely like the way it slowly slips itself into the movie was definitely jarring, but in a good way. I do feel like I started. As a viewer, I was sort of like, wait a minute, what's what's going on right now? Like, I know that some of these people party, right? And they're getting wild. They're wild. They're they're all characters to begin with, right? And then like, I, so I've taken LSD fucking, uh, you know, I'll just be open about it. Like, I have taken LSD and mushrooms before and I've never tripped out like these people, but I've never been given it to, like, I don't know the, the amount of dosage they got. I've never had liquid like that, you know, um, also, I've taken it willingly. I've known that I was going to take it. I don't know mm-hmm. what it's like to take it and not know that you were on it. To be honest, some of the behavior seems a little drastic to me. Like, so I don't I thought, think LSD would do too. that necessarily. Mm-hmm. I thought that too, to hydrocarbon. That, that really bothered me. But um, I read something from the director that kind of addresses that. Is it okay if I share? Please. Yeah, drop that trivia. Please. So he said... This movie is not really about, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said this movie is not really about like negative effects of LSD. It's not really the LSD that is causing this like deterioration of like their ability to be civilized. People. Like their true selves. Uh, yeah, he's like it's it's not the LSD itself that's causing that. It's the fear that they're experiencing having been dosed with it without their knowledge yeah and this like fear and anger and paranoia that comes over them because of it that that's really what this film is trying to highlight and so i think that that's like a i now i have not taken lsd and i'm by no means an expert in any way so i don't know like i don't know if that's something that could happen but i almost kind of feel like that's not really the point i think it's not like the point that it's lsd i think it's about like you know, it's kind of like the episode of the Twilight Zone. Like, what do people do when things are out of their control? And do they turn mm-hmm. on each other? Or do they band together? And it's like, it's, it's really like, what do people common. do when no one's looking, you know? Mm-hmm. When no one's paying attention, what are the truth people, your, your true self, what do you do? Yeah. Well, he said, it's like lie. human beings, like, we like to think of ourselves as civilized, but it's actually like a fine line between us yeah. and like what we, th- what we think of as our civilized behavior and like more animalistic behavior and that it doesn't take much to like tip us to the other side. But it's also a descension into hell. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. in Rick where it was like an ascension to hell or, or like going down to down this hole of, you know, you're in a different state of mind that, that, that you go to this place. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of sinning in this movie. too. Yeah. Hydroberg. I've never done acid. I've done shrooms twice in my life. And it was like the funnest thing I've ever done. Cause I've never laughed harder yeah it wasn't anything like that but the thing was it, it it's just there was this oversaturation of color mm-hmm. in these camera shots that were just so dizzying that it's just it took me out of the movie i'm just like i i can't follow anything that's going on right here who who's the main character who's so i i that's a i sort of like that about the movie why but at the same time well, because it, it's supposed to keep you on edge. Like, literally, there is no main character. Like, we're following everybody around. I mean, like, Silva is sort of our main, right? I'm assuming she's the one that put the dance crew together, right? She's mm-hmm. the one that was doing the interview. I, yeah. Yes. She's and she's the most accomplished actress that I actually recognize in this film because I've seen her in other movies. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
we get to see everybody a little bit here and there. And the film just keeps constantly moving, which is part of its charm, I think. At the same time, it, it, it's also a ding, John, for me also, as well, because we never get to spend enough time with any characters that we feel anything for them or like learn anything about them. And granted, like there's no character development, really, in my opinion. But granted, this is the type of film that you're not going to get that from because it's literally taking place over like an eight hour span, maybe if that, you know. Yeah, I thought I thought there was a. Uh, uh... It's meant to keep us on edge. Like. There, there was something that that actually kind of caught my eye was with, with Lou's character of being pregnant and yeah. getting kicked was just so, fucking brutal. It was so heartbreaking. I just went, oh, my God, really? And she punches herself. She cuts herself. I don't understand that. She's I, not intoxicated. Why would she do that? I know. But but the effects of it were, were really yeah. visceral. That took me <laughs> like, out of it. Oof. It, not I, I don't and then uh, with uh, with Tito and his mom, it was just like like she's a greedy mother of like, oh my god, I lost the key, I can't get my son out of here. I'm I, I'm just like, oh, that's heartbreaking. But everybody so, else, I didn't give a fuck about. I was just like, oh. Both their behaviors seem very drastic to me, and I grant like granted, uh, like one of them was on LSD. I still don't think Tito's mom would have killed herself, but I don't know what exactly what her headspace is like before this happened. True, you know. but the thing is, is they set it up so much because they kept, like, the camera kept flipping back to the conversations everybody was having. It was all about sex, you know. I would... The majority of the film is... Blah, 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 and no lube. And, a very sexually charged film. It was like... Yeah. I, I was like, I was watching a... a, a you must a, have felt very uncomfortable, John. A, no, it was like a transcript of a porno movie, you know. It's like lube, no... Oh, it's called Climax. Blah, 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 blah. But... but Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I definitely think uh, like as soon as that first dance number came on, which was fucking awesome. Like I could tell what this movie was going to be about just from that. I was like, all right, we're sexually charged. It's kinetic. It's all over the place. It's an ensemble cast. Like we're not focusing on any one person. Like everybody's getting coming into the, the spotlight, into the camera. And like the dance numbers are just so crazy. Like mm-hmm. everybody's got different types of dance that they're experienced in. Mm-hmm. And they're all like an ensemble cast, like meshing together for this crazy dance number, which was pretty fucking awesome, to be honest. Like I did like that opening. I thought they were all great dancers. I mean, obviously yeah. they're professionals, but the thing is, is like it got what we got 30 minutes of like an actual movie. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of dance. We spent a lot of time on the dance. Then there's like, a lot of time spent on just random conversations back and forth between each of the characters, which never felt made me feel like invested in any of those characters too much. It like, it definitely, it showed us a little bit into their lives and like what they were talking about before they got fucked up. So like you understood like some of the relationships and who was with who, who was sleeping with who. Um, And then like, I don't know, it just sort of like everything hit like the shit, the shit hit the fan. And I just kind of at that point, you just kind of long for the ride, which I guess is the point. Here's what here's what I want to know. Jacqueline, you picked this movie. So please convince us that this is like something brilliant. 
Well, I don't know that I think it's brilliant. And again, I didn't pick this because I thought it was great. I had never seen no, it she had before, never so seen I it. didn't. I didn't know what I was going to get into. I just thought, oh, I've heard that this is like a crazy intense experience, and I want to. I saw crazy, it's like one of the most so. like 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 most intense movies you'll ever watch. You know, they put it with Solo and like a Mother film and stuff like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I would compare this to Mother in a sense of how kinetic it gets. Yeah. But so here, okay, so I, I, I won't try to convince you that it's brilliant because I'm not convinced that it's brilliant, but I do see some merit in it um, uh-huh. that maybe I can try to convince you guys of at least it having some merit. Like maybe I can at least do that. Um, so to do that, I kind of want to go back to some things you guys already said. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyderberg, you were talking about how, well, this movie doesn't focus on any one character. It's like, it's like basically continuous tracking shots. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of cool that yeah. it's almost like you feel like you're a person walking through this space, kind of eavesdropping on people's conversations and just getting little snippets here and there yeah. of what they're talking about. It's almost like you get to listen to some juicy gossip. But you never you get know. to stay long enough to hear it all. Right. Like you have to right. you leave because well, you got to move on exactly. and hear the next one. And so I will say that when I finished watching this movie, I, I definitely felt like I had had a crazy intense experience, but I didn't have a good grasp on like, what does it mean? Like, what is Gaspar Noe trying to do here? Like, what is he trying to say? Is he trying to say anything? I've never seen his other films. Um, I would like to, I just haven't gotten to them yet. So this is my first experience with him as a filmmaker. So I'm like, I, know, so. I don't know what his deal is. Like, what is he trying to do here? So, you know, I spent some time thinking about it, but I'll admit I did some Googling and like was trying to read some articles about like, what does this mean? And I found a bunch of stuff with different critics saying different things. I'm like, well, they don't really know. What was enlightening was when I found quotes from Noé himself. So there was the thing about Noé. Wow. So there, there was a thing I already said about him talking about how this is really, it's not about drugs per se. It's about fear. And like, you know, this, this kind of experience when it happens to you and you didn't like voluntarily sign up for it, like it can create this fear and paranoia and that can really like get in your way. Another thing that I read that he had said was that, again, talking about like fear, um, all of these people that we kind of follow and hear little snippets of their lives, they all have these little hangups or weird drama situations Mm -hmm. or various like uncertainties. So like, you know, um, Lou is afraid of becoming a mother. This isn't what she wanted. Um, Taylor and Gazelle have a really unhealthy dynamic where Taylor seems to think that he has some kind of like control over her life as a parent. Well, but we don't know that until later, but even earlier on, it's clear that this is not a healthy relationship. By the end, we know it's really not a healthy relationship. Um, but that he's like in love with her, but and that's why he's so controlling over. He's controlling over her like a father would be. And even a mm-hmm. father being that controlling, I think at her age would be unhealthy. Yeah. So that's like a hang. He's really interfering with her life and she has to kind of constantly like fend him off. Um we've we've got david who's david like a, a sex fiend basically yeah, he seems fiend, like a sex yeah. addict and it's it seems also like kind he, of violent yeah he's he's kind of like and yeah so um yeah he's kicking doors and all this kind of scary overly aggressive behavior. so yeah. like everybody's got these little hang-ups and things and these dysfunctional dynamics and he's one dude just wants to fucking dance the whole time <laughs> yeah the whole just... fucking time all he did was dance 
I'm so glad that you reenacted that just now. It was really entertaining. Um, Hold your laptop up and then like dance like that. That, that, that was the shots of those dancing. So it was like overhead shots that really bothered me. Sorry. For a lot of, a lot of those. But so Gaspar Noé in one interview that I read said that this movie is about like those insecurities or hangups or dysfunctional portions of your life getting in the way of doing what they want to do, which is create art through dance. Uh Right. And so it's like an allegory for all of us that like, what is, are you really living life to the fullest or are there insecurities and negative behaviors and things that you have in your life that are obstacles to you in your life? Absolutely. Like everybody has, I'm sure. So this is like an allegory for that. And so that at least makes sense to me. And I think seems like a valid thing to make a movie about I just don't know that it successfully communicates that I mean I feel like no no, having read that after watching the film it's like okay I can see that but I don't know if I would have ever figured that out I I feel like as an audience we we lose ourselves in the experience of the film and Mm -hmm. we lose track of the meaning because we're along yeah. for this crazy ride, just trying to hold on. Right. Like, and like mm-hmm. those tracking shots were excellent. Like I do like those, like I've been to a party where you're walking around or a rave or something like that, where like literally you come back into a room like a half an hour later and the room's changed. Right. The mood has changed. Like the music's changed. Like yeah. the lighting's changed. Like people that weren't together before are now hooking up in the corner, like crazy shit's going on. Like people are doing drugs. Like that shit mm-hmm. happens at parties. Right. So like, I get all of that, like that, to me, it works for this film, but I just felt like, yeah, I think some of the meaning or the connection to some of these characters, you don't st- you don't get to be with them long enough. You spend a lot of time with Silva, mm-hmm. I feel like, which is sort of our main, I guess, if I had to pick one. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's kind of a major weakness is like because we don't get to spend much time with the characters, it, it what happens to them feels like melodrama yeah like it feels like everybody's just going for like well and so i don't know if you guys know this but the only thing that was actually like planned ahead of time for this film was that opening dance sequence everything else was improvised really okay so i could give the i can give the film a little bit more credit for something like that there was so much dancing in it i mean again (laughs) when that opening a lot of these people were performers I they all actually, are. Yeah. They I all was, are professional dancers. I was very enthralled by that. I, I thought it was great. But then it, it it like you went through all these conversations and then you had this overhead shot of them like doing their dance thing again. And you're like, isn't that when the uh, title sequence came up after that? It came up like, like 37 minutes into the yeah, film. Like 40. Yeah. 47 minutes. It wasn't a title sequence. It by wasn't, the way. There's yeah, no it title of the, the film. It just showed the people that were in the film. It showed the actors names. You get the title at the very at end, the like end when there's like the one minute left. Yeah. At the oh, shit. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again. You get like the end of the movie light. in the beginning. You see the, right. the one survivor or whatever. Well, everybody survived, right? I, I, that we know of. most most people did. I love the social commentary on, uh, you know, the social norms of like like sexual fluidity of of who you are. And it's just I didn't that wasn't a theme for me. It, it like, I ignored that, uh, in a good way of like, like, okay. So 
you know, bisexual, homosexual, uh, gender, whatever you are. It, like, like for me, it was just like, you know, get me to a story, get me to a point of this movie. And yeah. then it happens 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, Really? A lot of this film is shock value, in my opinion, which doesn't always like, I don't know if that. I didn't feel shocked, though. I mean, the only shock. I feel like it tries to shock you in a sense. I thought you don't think so at all. I think I don't. Sorry. Go ahead, John. Like everybody. Her cutting herself doesn't feel like. No, because trying to avoid herself felt shocking to me. Like, like, like Tito, you know, being off camera and they didn't show it, which was, thank God. I mean, like for me, it's just, I don't want to see a child die. I don't want to see a dog die, whatever. Or Maybe that's horse. why they didn't tell us outright that he's dead. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, you see him laying dead at the I end. I mean, but everybody's day. sleeping in that scene. So like, he looks like he's sleeping. Or you. dead. You don't know. And most people are sleeping. One person like threw up next to themselves. Like they, they're, they're laying next to each other after they fucking fucked all night or whatever. Like True. for the most part, most of our characters are, are just fucked up yeah. and they're going to be hung over the next morning from the drugs. I didn't know. That, though. I had to look at Wikipedia as like, you know, some were dead, some were alive. Some nah, I'm not, I don't need that explained for me. I did. I was like, like who's dead? You know, yeah, I, know I mean, the there's mom. a couple that we yeah. know for certain, but beyond yeah. that, it's not always totally clear. So Tito's takes... mom's dead. Omar's dead. That's for sure. Like, yeah, that's that's Omar's all we really dead, know yeah. for sure. But yeah, he froze to death. Yeah. But to answer your question, Hyderberg, I didn't feel like it was shocking or even necessarily intended to shock. It was definitely like you didn't feel like any of this film was meant to shock you. I felt like it was meant to. It felt really try. It hard felt to me like it. it felt to me like it was supposed to be like a nightmare. Like you're watching this film and you're kind of like, OK, it's these people dancing. What the hell? And like listening to their gossip. And then it slowly it devolves into like a nightmare on film. Like right. it like I think it's supposed to overwhelm you, but not necessarily shock you. And again, he didn't write. He didn't really write a story like this was really the actor's. Kind of he's a like director taking... though he directed what was going on i'm sure there so he, not... he really gave that the dancers like pretty much almost carte blanche to like develop their characters as they wanted and to like steer their own storylines and like kind of bring them to wherever they wanted to bring them so like <laughs> lou punching herself and like cutting herself i that behavior doesn't make sense to me you're not intoxicated you're in a room full of people that are intoxicated. Why would you do that to yourself? Because they're screaming at you. Didn't make fucking sense to me. It took me out of the film, especially when you were just acting like you wanted to keep this child or you like you were so mad at Dom for trying to kill you, kill your child that she didn't believe you had. And then you're going to punch yourself in the stomach and just didn't it didn't make sense. You're not intoxicated enough that you could be even talked into this sort of thing. So why would you have done that? And now, granted, maybe this character had, you know, some kind of mental illness or something where like she was, you know, she would, you know, give in to peer pressure. Who knows? Right? But we didn't spend enough time with these characters to even know about their backstories. You know? I guess I, the way I, I kind of explained that moment to myself was that like there's a lot of like influence that like kind of a mob or a crowd can have on a person. Yeah, and, like, I get that. It's I easy to get kind of. 
it's easy to get whipped into like kind of a frenzy and sort of lose yourself when you're in a crowd of people. But not when you're not drunk. Like, have you ever been not drunk around a bunch of drunks? And like, you're like, these people make no sense because you're not fucking drunk and they are. Yeah. Yeah, But think about mob behavior. Like there are a lot of like a lot of extreme things that people will do when kind of like cut themselves. Well, I didn't I, believe it. And she's only okay. known these people for like three days. Three <laughs> days they spent together and they act, these people all acted like they knew each other for fucking three weeks. Like it didn't make sense to me. Okay. That's, I think that's and I've taken LSD and I, I have been in situations where you do feel like, you know, weird, but, but I would never harm myself. Based. And this woman wasn't even on LSD. She was just normal. Like I don't get, I got the way her character acted up until that moment. And then when she started doing that, I didn't understand what she was doing. And then she just disappears for the half, the rest of the film. I assume she was hiding. Mm-hmm. And then we see her at the very end walk out. I don't know. Do you think it's possible that she knew that like the baby was no longer like after being kicked like that? And then at that point, she's like, oh, fuck it. Nothing. Matters. I mean, if there I even was had, a baby, we don't even I know. I think she had a miscarriage because the thing was, is like, like she put her hand on her crotch and she it came up with. Yeah. The- so I think she miscarried. No, because she was holding the knife in her hands. No, but the before, way she was holding the knife that. was not the way you no, hold the was, knife. It, it she was, was holding it very that. insecurely. And when no, she I punched understand. herself, she had the knife in her hands. She cut her hands with the knife. She so. she reached between her legs, and I think she, she came up with blood before they yeah. were. I never got I think that while she was The way still, she had the knife, she was literally holding the actual blade with her hand. Wasn't it, wasn't it when she was still in the room after Dom kicked her? Like, is that where that, she like? No, it was on the stairs after everybody was yelling at her. No, I, I I get that, but she reached her hand between her crotch and came up with blood, like right after she punched herself with a knife in her hand, uh, and she was holding it very like. But it was close the other the hand, like one hand. I think she cut herself with the knife, to be honest, but that's know. you know it's subjective. Uh, I don't like. Sorry, I'm just like I'm like amused by. <laughs> Your intensity right now. <laughs> uh, I just thought this. I don't know. There's a lot about this film that just like fucking sort of got to me. How how about the color scheme of this movie? I liked it. Did you I really? Liked the cinematography. I, I liked the I, camera work. I, I did not. It was. What, tell like us any, about I mean, that. Why don't yeah. you like it? it? Felt so dizzying. I mean, mm. because it kept flipping upside down, and then like different color schemes, and you didn't know what color was safe and what color wasn't. There was, was a thing no with, um, oh, what's her name? And she went onto this couch or futon thing where she felt safe and she started like not hyperventilating. She was going to go to sleep, but she freaked out again. I love the sound design of this movie. So do I. Um, I thought this sound design was great because you yeah. hear the music in the background, but you also hear like Tito screaming in the background. And the, and the chick who burned that, the back of her head. She's yeah, screaming the entire movie. You, you hear that throughout the movie. I thought the sound design was great, but I thought the color saturation was bad because it was just like so many, it, like what's safe, what's not. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a simpleton. I keep it simple for me. You know, is green good or red bad or red? I think Hyderberg's right. I think it didn't matter. I think None nowhere was safe. I think um, colors changed because of the well, club like, type of atmosphere, you know? Just party. because it just because it was like really intense for you doesn't mean that it was bad. Like, I yeah. think it was deliberately I think there were a lot of aesthetic choices that were made to create an overall effect that was meant to, like, disorient us and to feel overwhelming. So 
like you like the color palette and the like kind of visual design of it well maybe her work which is all over the place it's like whirling around and then like you said the sound design where it's like there's so much crazy shit happening and through it all there's like a baseline of like dance music just pumping away it's like it never stops and it kind of like makes you feel like you're going crazy yeah, and the music sometimes intensifies. and then sometimes on top of that there's people screaming like endlessly for like minutes and minutes and minutes it's like background noise yeah you don't even so see I, the person who's screaming where it's coming yeah. from so i feel like all of that together is i feel like it's almost meant to make us feel like we're tripping because it's just so disorienting yeah. and overwhelming to your to your senses that was no, that doesn't mean it's bad i think it's like no, meant it's, to be an intense experience yeah you're meant to feel like a character in this movie Mm-hmm. Exactly, which the filmmaker mm-hmm. achieves. So I got to yeah. give him credit for that. But it makes us as an audience member feel crazy. Yeah. As an audience member, you feel fucking kind of crappy about it. Like you're like, I don't know. You may not like that feeling, you know. But don't you think that's, that's okay, impressive yeah. that like a filmmaker can make you feel that way through like no, absolutely. techniques? I think it's like, no, impressive. that's absolutely. So it's that's hard. Fun. You want to give credit to that at the same time as an audience member as a critique critiquing it like if it doesn't make you feel good to watch then that's got to be part of your review right like john if that's if that bothered you then well, but it, that's all out yeah but, but I does th- something making you feel bad mean that it's like a problem with the film no no not at all in but a person's I, opinion it can you know i thought the, the dialogue felt like rob zombie <laughs> like, <laughs> like 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 the conversation the dialogue felt pretty natural for me what so I just think natural. maybe the delivery, the delivery of the a lot of these people aren't actors, so the delivery might have felt a little uh, stale. No, the dialogue like, is yeah. stupid. I mean, it's again, they they lingered on these conversations that they were having of like lube, no lube, you know. Well, I yeah, they, a lot of the conversations felt somewhat meaningless to me. Yeah, like they didn't. Yeah, yeah I get that. Like they didn't. They were like you said, they were jumping around to several conversations that were just random sex talk or talk about random things that like we didn't really feel invested. none of it invested me in any of these characters for the right. most part well and it's like it was like gossip that's all it was, it, was it, it was all about sex it was all about like you know i'm gonna do this and but then again these people only knew each other for about three days yeah only a couple of these people knew each other in real life like longer than that like sylvia i think and like uh big daddy or daddy you actually like, picked Tito's up mom that? i feel like they knew each other but most mm-hmm. of the dancers were, you know, they were interviewed and thrown together into this mix. Yeah, I, I felt like these actors had just met each other. <laughs> it was a lot like a reality show. Yeah. In that sense. That's what it felt. Yeah. So I think that I think that it's important that all the performers here were professional dancers and not actors, with the mm-hmm. exception of um, the actress Silva. playing Selva, who is a like a professional actress, but she also has danced for like half of her life i could tell Um, yeah so she like she's a real dancer too but she's primarily an actress i think um the rest were non-actors and so i feel like it was necessary that they were real dancers but i do wish that their i think their dialogue itself was fine and seemed like realistic i mean it might not have been like substantive but i think Mm -hmm. it was realistic that's a good perfect word uh but I do feel like their delivery kind of came across like they're not actors and it no. it came across as like not I, I didn't think the delivery was always convincing. Like sometimes it, it really 
was apparent to me that these were not actors. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I wish that there were professional like improv people out there who were real dancers yeah. also. And then I feel like that would have kind of gotten this to a better place. Um, so I, I do think that's something that that doesn't work for me is the acting. And and again, so the acting combined with the fact that you don't get a lot of time to get to know the characters personally, that it feels like melodrama and not yeah. drama. You, you know, know what, what I mean? it did for me? It allowed me to basically not like most of the characters. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it showed me mostly the bad side of any of them. And then like, like you said, you never got a chance to really feel like they were fleshed out enough to be like, oh, okay. Like, oh, David's like this because of his home life or because like nothing. It was just like, David's a prick and fucking this person, you know, this person wants to fuck his sister deep down, like, and I guess that's the point, too, is like we didn't get enough time with the characters. And then this situation sort of brought out the the worst part of most mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, some of them weren't bad. Yeah, some of them just hooked like, up, you know, there were there were different levels of like descent, depravity, I think. Like, yeah. And so Gaspar Noé, in one of the things I read, he said, like, this is not a judgmental film. There's no like moralizing yeah. here. Like the people who do the worst things don't necessarily get the worst punishments. It's no. just like what it is. Um, like when old girl pees on the floor, I was just kind of like, whoa. What yeah. is she? Mike or what's her name? Psyche or psych? Psyche. 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 Who is we find out? And I'm glad that they filled us in. I was I was going to be so mad if there was a mystery to who put the LSD in the fucking sangria and they never told us. I was going to be so fucking pissed at the end of this if they didn't tell us at least that. And they did. That actually was a gorgeous shot. They never showed us her putting it in, but we no, see that right. she was doing it. When she put it in her eyes and it faded to white like that, yeah, that was actually. And then it said climax. Yeah. She had like books with like LSD on them, so like this is something like she. And she even said in the beginning, like, "Oh, I'm leaving Poland because there's too much drugs." And my roommate put LSD in their eyes, but she was obviously the roommate, or she was doing it as well. Like, yeah. So, I'm just waiting for the sequel, Climax Two, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> can i tell you guys one sequence that like really stood out to me and really yeah was like just kind of made me go whoa so there's there's a a portion of the film that's a few minutes long where like several things happen in succession and it was just like so much i kind of felt like i was gonna lose my mind because it's like it kept getting like getting more and more ramping up heightened yes so it was the sequence where very specifically i wrote this down let me find it does it involve someone's hair getting caught on fire? Yeah, so it starts with <laughs> when Dom assaults Lou and is kicking her in the stomach because that is so heartbreaking and terrible. It is. That I'm like, oh, God. And so I'm already in this, like, pit of despair. You kind of just had a heartfelt this. moment between her and Silva, too, which is yeah, like rare in this film to have. Yeah, and then Dom just, like, fucking, like, dashes Ooh. that moment to pieces. And then... Aliyah catches Jennifer with the coke and freaks mm. the fuck out. It's like you bitch, you had it the whole time, and then like shoves her into the the burner. Bunsen burner? What was that? It looked like a Bunsen burner, and her hair caught on fire. Oh my god! And then we and don't get, get to see what happened to her after that for a while. I'm just like wondering where this fuck she was. Until the end, <laughs> running around <laughs> the building, just on fire. Water on her hair. Yeah. Or and head. then Lou is stalking around looking for Dom. She's like bleeding. And she like she's looking for Dom going, I'll kill you. And then right. So, I'm like, oh, this is like too much. And then right then you hear Tito's voice from the closet going, Mommy, there are cockroaches. And it was Something just like the cockroaches oh. really got to you, didn't it? 
it, it wasn't the cockroaches. No, it was the little boy's fear. Yeah. yeah. That, it was just like so that was the part that was like the emotional center of this movie for me. And that's like the most memorable sequence for me. And it's all like disparate. Like this is not one continuous like scene. It's just like like this, focusing on one person. Give it but the it's way it's like, shot. The kids These particular really things, yeah. The, it's they're not they're not all the same scene. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. But it's like this succession of scenes was just like, like I I thought I was freaking out. I thought I was upset, and then I got uh-huh. then it got worse, and then it got worse, and then it got worse. And then when the, I texted you today, when you were like, "Did you finish filming?" I'm like, no, it's starting to ramp up. That's what was happening. That's the scenes mm. that were starting to happen. I was like, "All right, I see where we're going here." So for me, that's when the movie starts getting good because that's when yeah. something is actually happening, happening and, you're, yeah. and you're getting that intense experience. Like, I feel like most people would go into a movie like this for the purpose of having an intense experience. Like, like that was my motivation and not necessarily like, oh, what is the message about obstacles in your life? I feel like I most literally people- started dozing off before that, though, because of the 40 minute dance and talk scene <laughs> that happened before it. Like, I'm the same. I, I, I'm gonna I, be honest. Like it took a while for me to even get invested at all in this film. And this movie really did kick in like the last 30 minutes of the movie, and it, it, it's just. But this, the, the the cinematography was was good, but like the light or or the color saturation was bad because it, it, it was just like, okay, I'm an on an acid trip with these people. It it didn't draw me in. I didn't feel like. Mm. I'm so invested in this. There were, there were also never any visuals that indicated what people were seeing on their acid trip. Their, their, their behavior, yes, changed, which happens, right? And I still think their behavior is unbelievable for what an acid trip would be like because I've been on them. But like, unlike, unlike fucking Midsummer, which showed what visuals look like when you're on right. mushrooms. Right. I know this is LSD, but the visuals are still similar. Mm-hmm. There was never any melting any blurring or anything. None of the walls never dripped a little bit. The, mm-hmm. None of the lines moved around. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? That would have helped me. I'd at least understand that like, all right, so they're definitely tripping out. Like this person's tripping out. This person's tripping out. Like. Well, you saw ah, the one character, that nobody, a contortionist dancer, like moving around in the background. And that was it. It was just like, you know, what was the point of that? But he was doing that since the beginning of the film before he was on That's, it. He exactly just wanted to right. dance. He just had to dance. Yeah, he just okay. wanted to dance. Well, it was in the background, well, but it, it was supposed to make a point, maybe. Like I don't know. I think it was just how this person is coping with the with, with like, the LSD. Uh, like I wrote down in the beginning, like that dance number itself, like, and it's sort of like a metaphor for how the film is, too. It's like there's like so much going on during that dance number. There's there's like booties twerking, contortionists, ribbon dancing, there's break dancing. And I wrote down there's a melange, if you will, of dance. Oh, it was fun to watch. Right. So like <laughs> I feel like that's sort of and melange basically, you know, it no. works well for this film because it's French, which I do think <laughs> the French dialogue works well for this film because a lot of the stuff that you had said was going on, like the drama and stuff. I feel like it's heightened in the French dialogue. As if it, it, instead of just being in English, I, I, I don't know. There's there's something there's an intensity to French to me as someone who doesn't speak it. Um, I don't know when they're when they're angry and they're upset or they're just fucking emoting like it's definitely ex- very expressive. That's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah you might be right about that. As someone who doesn't a, speak a, language, if you do, I don't know. Maybe it's not doesn't seem that way to you, but hmm. I don't speak this? French either. I don't understand it. What about our antagonist uh, spiking the punch or the sangria? 
being German and they're French. It's Polish. Or Polish. But like. Do, do we think she spiked it out of like to be a bit like to be nasty, like as an antagonist? Or do you think she just thought it was going to be a good time? You don't know. I thought it was like an experiment. Yeah. She had those books on LSD, right? In her bag. Yeah. But yeah. but why? To do it without anybody's consent, though, is sort of is real fucked up. Yeah. To me, she was one of the least likable characters. Anyway. Absolutely. The way she was treating um, Ivana was uh-huh. very unlikable dismissive. to me. She was yeah. so mean and yeah, dismissive and like degrading. And mm-hmm. she pissed on the floor. So that was which I don't yeah. think was the drugs. I think she's just a slob. <laughs> yeah, she she struck me as like a sloppy mean. I was waiting for her to take a dump on the floor, like fried berry. Oh god, <laughs> that would have bumped it up a half star for me. Oh my god, a half star for a shit. No, don't say stuff like that while I'm drinking. I'm almost spit all over my computer. <laughs> um, yeah, I found her very unlikable, and so I think like yeah. she was just like a total bitch for putting this stuff in the in the thank you for saying sangria. Mm-hmm. Huh? Did you think I would not say it? Nah, I just I don't know. I feel like I did like the mystery of who, who put it, it uh, who put the acid in the sangria. I yeah. did like that. And it adds to the tension and the paranoia, which is definitely really like does. you understand why some of these people like, oh, you didn't drink? They got mm-hmm. real crazy on Omar right away. But it's like yeah, he made exactly. it very clear that he doesn't drink. Like yeah. right and just because you don't drink it doesn't mean you're the one that did it. I think that's kind of a little dumb that like you would think that right off the bat, but I get it. Like you're fucked up. You're not thinking with all your senses anyway. No, so. I, absolutely. I thought that was great about the movie is that, that you didn't know who did this and it mm-hmm. was like, wow. Okay. So that was the mystery. That, that was the nice thing for me. It was like, who did this? Mm-hmm. And then you, you travel with all these people and the camera shots of like switching back and forth to people of walking down the hall and then walking down the other way. And, going to different rooms it was like okay that's cool i like that it just Those took a while to get there. scary to me they do because they're dimly lit and they're lit with like green or like mm-hmm. red even like so like when um what was her the blonde's name yvonne ivana when she's taking silva with her and she's like come with me and like we're going from room to room a little bit and you're starting to see like where people are like the woman in the slinky black dress that had she was showering because she got blood all over her, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what happened to her for a while. You lose track of where everybody is after a while. Yeah. Um, and then she's going from like room to room and you get this sense of like there's like crazy shit going on. And like as because the film took place so much in just the dance hall. And then we finally start moving around. Once the film starts moving around, that's where I felt like it got more interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Visually, especially. I agree with you. Like I did like the tracking shots of like like I just realized that like, Oh, this is what this film's doing. Like, it's not gonna, it's not a conventional film and this is what it's doing the whole time. So you kind of just go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish it did that more from the beginning. I agree with you. I think yeah. it could have taken the place of some of the dancing. I feel like we Absolutely. should have had the opening dance number and then yeah. that's it. We didn't need the, like the like improv solos later on where which took like 20 minutes. Have the party getting going after that, imp- that, that dance number. Mm-hmm. where people are, some of them are dancing, some of them are mingling, mm-hmm. and we're moving around. Like, that's where the camera starts moving around, right? And we're yes. moving around from character to character. I got that conversation to conversation. That could have kept it interesting. Have the conversations mm-hmm. be a little bit more in-depth or, like you said, better better acted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, the, the chick who plays Silva is the only actress. 
that yeah. I'm aware of. Like the rest are very like so I feel like it does sort of take away from the film. It adds something, but it also takes away. But what I did you think the guy who plays Omar is an actor? Maybe. Yeah, he might be. He might be an English actor that I didn't recognize as much. Sorry, did John. What? Like, did you like the above shots that they did? Like I did. But mm-hmm. I just think they rely on them a little too much in some a of the parts. Like, man. I mean, there was so much in there. And it's like I I like I love Midsummer and the way Ari Aster did that did that of like like doing the above shot and kind of flipping it around. But it's really disorienting of, of watching it all the time. You know, and like you said, Heidelberg, it, it was like at the end of the movie where like that whole climax scene where it's like all upside down, you're like this. I thought that scene was pretty cool, except for the fact that he keeps it entirely upside down the whole could have been time. So dope that Had he that, flipped it at least once, yeah, or twice, that, like I would have preferred to see some of the things upright that was going right. on pull yeah, back that, a little bit. That was my thought is that, yep. that it could have like been reversed and then oh back upside down. Oh, you're yeah, like do your upside down trick if that's what you want to do. I get it. Like your dialogue, the the it was the, uh, the dialogue for the that chapter or whatever you want to say was upside down right. also, which was, I thought was like, Oh, you're even going to give this upside down, bro. So I can't fucking read it properly. Like, thanks a lot, bro. I just watched an entire scene upside down. And then you give me the fucking dialogue upside down. Also. <laughs> thanks a lot. Heidelberg was having flashbacks from his acid days. Yeah, was, my acid <laughs> days. Not, I'll tell you what, I've taken a lot of acid and I, I was never fucking upside down. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? I don't know. I might've been in the upside down, but I wasn't upside down. Um, I want to say one that you guys were talking about how you wish, you know, you'd seen like from their point of view, what things were looking like. And like, I want to see stuff melting and moving and breathing or whatever. Um, I did. I had to laugh at the moment where the guy is like freaking out over the flag. He's like, what's that flag doing there? It looks weird to me. I don't like it. It's like, that's see, that does seem natural. Cause like when stuff like this is kicking in, you get a little fucking weirded out and like, yeah. I, they, I thought that was funny. I was like, hey, it's like psychedelics can hit you intent. Like, John, you've taken mushrooms. They can hit you. I've eaten mushrooms raw. Right. And like they hit you intensely sometimes. Sure. Where like almost you get a little bit of a panic attack sometimes where you're like, oh, shit. I, why did I take this? Like, oh, God. And then you mellow out and then the visuals kick in. And if you're with a good crowd, you have a good time, depending on what you're doing. Sure. You enjoy and, the shit out of it. Right? And you'll but, laugh your ass off. And Jacqueline, uh, you'll they do. It's a, you're taking a drug. You're poisoning yourself momentarily. You'll see, like you'll see trees breathing. Yeah, you know, even though it's exactly. just breeze going through, you think it's just the breeze, breeze but yeah. there's a yeah, exactly. So there's like a I mean, it sounded like Midsummer's portrayal of it was oh, pretty like authentic. It really was what you guys said. That's exactly it what it absolutely was. was. And there was a little bit of a paranoia in that, right? When like new people came up, and then the, the guy was like, "I don't want to see new people." Like that's how you are sometimes. Like you want to be in your <laughs> circle, right? You want to be with people that you trust, that you know are on the same drug as you. You don't want to be around anybody else that's not on it because fuck them, right? They're not in on it. And like in midsummer, that dipshit st- sits up. It's like everybody needs to sit up with me. Come yeah, on. exactly. There everybody. are people like that in the group, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Guys, so. go along with me because I feel so uncomfortable right now. Like I need you to fucking help me. And some people are totally used to it, and they 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 can do their own thing by themselves. Yeah. We should do a podcast on shrooms. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Well, I didn't say that out loud. Well, now only that, do I have, that, now that I have a job, live. job, they're gonna drug test me the periodically. So. Well, mushrooms are out of your system uh, pretty quick, actually. Well, but they wouldn't be able to test for mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms, you're just poisoning yourself for a little while, and then you're done. Well, good to know. I'll go get some <laughs> for next week. <laughs> we got to go to Oregon because they... they... Oh, yeah. oh, shit. 
so well, let's talk about let's talk about that after the after so the do we think like so like we've touched on it but like what is this film trying to say is it trying to say any any major thing or is it just a bunch of different points that it's sort of making about like you said it's it's basically about people sort of de-evolving uh when given the chance almost like on these on this drug and like the innermost like some like mostly the worst of people like i never saw anybody almost shining in this mm-hmm. i never saw like a hero character sort of come out and be like oh like the, their best moment came out almost everybody turned into a shithead that's what i thought too yeah which is sort of horrible yeah but i mean there's there's like a whole canon of films and stories about that right like you have like lord of the flies and battle royale and mm-hmm. all kinds of things where people really turn on each other and the worst of themselves gets brought out so sure. i think like you know of all those things that i mentioned that i read about th- that the director himself said about like people becoming animalistic or um this is about fear and not drugs and like the obstacles in your life that prevent you from living a full life out of all of that stuff to be honest, I don't find it terribly convincing. Like I, yeah. I can see where you could get that from this film, but it just doesn't come across very strongly. And I don't know how much I really believe that that's like. That's why I feel like this film is more about the shock than the substance. Mm. Yeah. So, but of of all of that, I guess the most interesting and like most believable, like kind of takeaway from this film is about like people devolving into like mm-hmm. kind of animalistic versions of themselves but that's not like really a message it's just kind of a theme yeah and it's, and it's been done so much that it's like i don't it feels kind of like um just gaspar noe kind of sniffing his own farts it's like, <laughs> uh, the it, other it doesn't seem that... terribly important it doesn't seem terribly important yeah. or like particularly complex or interesting and well, so maybe... and the other stuff if that's what he was trying to communicate i just don't feel like it really did that so well yeah. but so. wouldn't have wouldn't it have been better if they kind of like focused on the sense of isolation because it was so cool yeah because show omar, the outside of the building a little bit yeah, omar was the snowstorm he froze to death so yeah. like, they're isolated in this we never even knew there was a snowstorm going on until they opened no. that one door wait i mean at the very beginning you saw that 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 lou was like crawling out there but we didn't know it. where that took place exactly right but the thing was is that if they would have focused on that more of like a sense of isolation almost like the shining you know because credits cool. came up in that after that scene when they show lou right. credits came up and they were like you just witnessed a film or something like right. i felt like we were going to see real or a something. screen like a surreal thing where like somebody in this movie was watching a movie Correct. Right, and that was the movie they were watching. I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it had anything to do with this movie at first. The way they played it, it's like they played it in reverse, I guess. But they didn't do anything with that. It was just like you know they got drugged, and then yeah. there was no sense of isolation. It was just more of like they isolated. That would have helped out the isolation. And yeah, Jack, it's, it's puzzling to me, like what details were not given to us. Like yeah. exactly what you said, John. Like it's puzzling to me that we weren't made aware of the snowstorm outside, but then Omar dies because from exposure, it's like, well, uh-huh. like you know, I saw that there was snow, but like he could have ran for help. I'm assuming this is in, why would he just lay down and go to, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's well, like, trying try to find another entrance. Yeah, he was, no, he, he didn't drink. Fine. He wasn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I don't know. You didn't see anything that happened to him except like a couple of guys forced him out. And that was it. I assume that those policemen found him. Or like, I assumed that before they showed his body that he had ran to the police, right? And he got the police to get involved. 
So that was the thing. Like, why would police even show up? Like, nobody, we know, they, they don't see anybody call for help. But, like, do, they never but even do we call see an ambulance him? when Lou gets kicked? I forget. Do we see him? Do we see the police discover Omar's body? No. They or do we just Omar's see his body? Bo- we just snow. see his body. So I, then it's like, it yeah. so how would they even, like, yeah. how would they know? So exactly. It just seems like. And like Jacqueline, you mentioned those other films that dealt with similar tones, like Lord of the Flies, but those Mm -hmm. films had longer times for these characters to de-evolve and spend time together. You know what I mean? And this is over a fucking like four hour span. Granted, yeah, you were drugged and and not consensually, but still, I feel like there's enough. There would have been a couple of people in the crowd that kind of probably knew their drugs, at least, or like because these people did drugs. So somebody would have known like, oh, you know what? I think we're tripping out or like I don't think everybody just would have had a descent into madness, to be honest. Like, um, I just I didn't really believe that part of the film. And then the people that weren't on the drugs still went fucking weird. Like, that didn't make sense to me. either. Well, yeah. let me be clear. I wasn't like trying to put this movie on the same level as like no, I know, flies yeah. or whatever. I was I think this is less interesting and less sort of grounding it effective than some of those other stories yeah so i was just but making similar. a comparison that In like tone, yeah. there are other there are other pieces of art that deal with similar themes about like humans kind of like losing their so-called civilization yeah. and kind of becoming more primal animals and, and, and what, that do it those, better they do yeah, it exactly better and they give us more time with the characters i feel like in order to do that you know what yeah. i mean I didn't want you to think I was saying this that. was as good as like Lord of the Flies. That would be ridiculous. That, that also brings up the point of like if you feel isolated and you're you're not getting out of this situation, that that you could have set that up better. Better even if they were tripping on acid, it's like you know survival of the fittest type thing. Like but, if this was a snowstorm that enclosed them and they were like, right, oh, it's like a record breaking right. snowstorm. We can't get out of the building till the morning. Like that would have definitely added to the, like. The, the feel of culture dancers and you, the only thing we have is drinks and music you know let's uh-huh. do this but then let's all fuck of a sudden, each other whatever i mean it, it, it sorry i jumped the gun on that one i apologize <laughs> that was pretty fucked up the uh the, the whole incest thing because you yeah. saw that okay how much drugs you have you have it you uh, want to that, that, this yeah, entire that was oh my god that was awful i mean even the guy that was like a douchebag what, what was his name david yeah he stopped it. He actually did. He though. He sort of tried he? to make out with the brother. Well, I, he tried to join it. I mean, he did stop it. I mean, he, he stopped it, it he tried, but he didn't stop it because then later they obviously went to the bedroom and then did it anyway. I don't know that they did, did they? do it because she was kind of like they did. I don't well, because there was a there was a moment when they were like on the dance floor that she seemed to like either have a seizure or OD or something. She did. And, I thought, like, and he was like holding her and like, no, no, stay with me. Hold me. And, that seemed odd to me. And I then I felt like, like he just took her to bed to like. It was all upside down. I couldn't tell. <laughs> and then she's but see, that's the thing. In the end, he's like, don't tell dad. That's nothing exactly happened. Don't tell dad. So I was like, it, it did nothing actually happen. Or something happened and you're trying to convince her that nothing happened no, no, and no. not to tell dad because something did. And you know that she might not remember it. Heidelberg, he, he specifically said nothing happened. She they goes, were like half naked together in bed. I know, so. but, but she, was, she had her skirt on and stuff. She I, I, I know, well, you can have dressed. sex with a skirt on. Jack, she also said that. she also gave this look of like, I have no idea. It makes it hotter, recollection no of what sister. happened last night. I don't think but, she remembered. But he specifically said, don't tell dad. Yeah, but that could mean a lot of things. It could, oh, so that, like, tried to have sex with you. It could mean yeah, he tried to have sex. He also yeah. basically confessed that he loves her, that he's like in love with her. Yeah. Yes. And so that could, I mean, 
Yeah, I, granted. They might have had sex. I'm not I'm like so many things, I'm not totally convinced one way or the other. I think it could be either way. Right. Um so it's it's ambiguous. We don't know exactly what he means by don't tell dad because a lot of we stuff We get Justin on the show. He's a big fan of the incest. Oh god. <laughs> That's a sound clip from Well, a let's not be smir- from their show. People who may not be familiar <laughs> with be that. Let's one. not be smirched. It's a sound bite from their show. <laughs> Uh, he's going to sue us for libel. Jeez Louise. Whatever. Dude, I'm <laughs> on a 100 episode. Heidelberg yeah. said that. I'm writing down, down timestamps, you guys. What's the timestamp right now? Soju. Into incest. I didn't say soju. I said just. Anyway, moving on. Uh, do you guys want to give your ratings or any other major points that you want to make? Oh, you get a straight no, I, I think we made a pretty good conversation out of this film. I to be honest, so. I didn't. I had some notes, but they weren't all like thoroughly thought out because uh, to be honest this film didn't give me a ton of stuff to write about you know yeah. so it's just scene to scene to scene mm-hmm. and i didn't just want to like talk about every scene and describe it again like that's not what our podcast does it's like right. like uh have you guys seen requiem for a dream yes yeah. the boys are covering that by the way are they really um, yes they are someone picked it as a fucking like to me, this oh, felt nice. like more of a fever dream of Requiem for a Dream. I mean, I know Requiem for a Dream is so fucked up. I mean, the, the ending. But of- that film still has moments that sort of give us those character moments. I feel Correct. like mm-hmm. this film yes, didn't. Do. Absolutely, it's a little more grounded. It's a little more uh, yeah. Yes. There is there are moments of depravity in that film, definitely, where it goes. Oh, absolutely. But they're earned. I think they're more earned. Yeah, exactly. Than in this one. I think that's the big thing. I feel like it, this film doesn't like earn that stuff because of no. so many factors, like. We don't know the characters very well. The acting isn't very good. It's like melodramatic. There's a lot. It doesn't really all connect, you know. So it's a shame though, because there are elements of this film that I want to like more. Like I see, I see the vision. I see what they're going for. It feels like it's got like this this draw from Requiem for a Dream of like this is what it'll do to you, but it doesn't like just it doesn't hit it out of the park. It just kind of whiffs or or you know, fouls it off. And it's like, okay, you tried this, but no connection right there. John, I think you're, I think that was a really good comparison. And I also think that you were spot on when you called it a fever dream. Yeah. I think, I think that's very apt for sure. Right. So, yeah. So Jacqueline, (laughs) our fearless leader, you picked this movie. So let's, uh, (laughs) let's rate this motherfucker. Okay. Well, First of all, I will say I am not sorry that I picked this film. I think it has some serious problems. Um, I don't think that overall it's like successful in in a lot of what it's trying to do. I think the thing that it is most successful at is creating a sense of like a nightmare on film or a, a fever dream. And I think he was striving for more than that. I just don't think that that mostly succeeds um just that's that's my assessment of it i think that the best you can say about it is that if it functions as like watching a descent into like a nightmare situation it's almost like you're 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 descending into hell you kind of already said that too like comparison to wreck where you were ascending into hell so um i think it works on that level but all this other stuff that i read and with the interviews with him i just don't think it really landed and I think it comes off as like I honestly think I think it comes off as like pretentious the way that it's like the the end credits first and then the 
the opening credits like halfway through, I guess I can kind of see putting the title card for climax right at the climax. Like I can sort of see that, but I just, I honestly, I'm not trying to be obtuse. I just don't really see a great artistic reason for some of the other stuff and putting things upside down the most. I mean, if I'm trying to like be an apologist for it, the best I can come up with is like, again, maybe that's trying to use another tactic to make you feel disoriented, Absolutely. Um, which I do think that it does aesthetically with the lighting and the sound, you know, I already said this, the lighting and the sound and the um, just the kind of constant motion and the bizarre camera work. So all of that is very disorienting. I mean, almost on a physical level, I, I feel disoriented by the film. And so I do think that that's effective. Um, but this philosophical stuff, I don't think it works. Um, I think the dancing is fantastic. It's a great spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and John, you didn't care for the lighting scheme. I did think that it worked. Um, I think, I think it works in like deliberately having a negative impact on the viewer. And like, I mean, I could see some people feeling like almost ill watching this movie with between the camera work and the lighting and the constant noise. Like if you're epile- epileptic, probably not a great film for you. Um, I think it is a tense film. I think there are a lot of sources of tension throughout like these um, unhealthy, what's the word I need? Like dysfunctional relationships between almost all the people. Like I don't see like a particularly healthy, like good person in in, in the bunch. Like Emmanuel, the mother, I, I wanted to like her, but even she, I felt like was kind of shitty. Like the scene where she's trying to tuck the son into bed and she's like, Oh, I know I haven't spent a lot of time with you. And, but I really want you to be a dancer. Just like, or don't you want to be a dancer? Just like mommy. Yeah, don't it, force of, that on him. it reeks of like a desperate parent who's like trying to force their thing on their kid and kind of like a stage mom type of thing. And, you know, a person who's not letting your kid kind of discover their own thing. It's like, don't you want to be just like me? It's kind of narcissistic. And, and then at the same time, it sounds like she doesn't really spend a lot of time with him. And, and then like Lou said, like, why would you bring your kid to this? Like, this is not a great place for a kid. Well, and she's like congratulating herself for bringing the kid. She's like, look, and now we spent all this time together. Am I a good mommy? And I was like, no. <laughs> so it's like she just kind of I wanted to like her at first. She seemed like kind of a normal person at first. But then that conversation made me feel like she was just kind of a shitty narcissist. But um. So I, I, I agree with you guys. I like how at the end we actually do have the burning question answered of like who did this. Yeah. Uh, it would have been very, very frustrating to not have that sort of closure, I think. And at first I got a little nervous because at first I didn't recognize who that was because we see her kind of upside down. And I was like, who the fuck is this girl? And then like, I was kind of looking more at the hair and I'm like, oh, I think it's psyche. Um. But yeah, I feel like a lot of this is like just kind of pretentious without enough substance to like to like back it up. Like there's certain directors and certain. F- wow. <laughs> Hydroberg is dancing with Selva right now. <laughs> he, he changes background. <laughs> <laughs> you look just like the contortionist guy. Um yeah, I think it's like it's like there are certain directors that I think can get away with some of that pretentious stuff because I feel like they have the substance to back it up. And I just don't think that exists here. So I think it has merit. I think it works aesthetically. 
I like the feeling of like experiencing somebody else's real life nightmare. I think there are moments that are emotionally effective, like the sequence I described with like uh, Lou getting kicked, Jennifer's hair on fire, Lou's trying to find Dom and kill her, and then boys hallucinating cockroaches and calling for his mommy. It was just like such a gut punch. So there are moments like that. I don't think he was hallucinating. That building was pretty grimy. Well, either way, it's upsetting. So I just wish there were more of that. And Hyderberg, I think you're completely right that like some of that dance time should have been shortened and some of the time spent with characters getting to know them should have been expanded. And I think that would have worked a lot better. Yeah. So um, all that being said, I don't really have anything else to add to what we already talked about, but um, I, I kind of come down in the middle on this. I think there's some merit, but I think it falls short of what it's trying to do. I give it five out of 10 dance numbers. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Nicely done. Yes. All right. John, what do you <clears throat> think? Acting was terrible. Um, like I said, I hate the color scheme of this movie. I mean, it's just so, because there's so much to it. I almost felt like a Jalo film that was trying to be a Jalo film that mm. failed miserably. Um, the interviews at the beginning. I thought we're going to be uh, something pertinent to the story because they showed these movies and I wrote them down. I'm like, oh, my God. OK, so we've got a uh, Suspiria. We've got a uh, zombie. We've got this. We've got that. And it's just like they had no point into the story. Well, the color palette does have to do with Suspiria. Sure. Suspiria, the original Suspiria does have color palettes similar to this film. Right. And the assault on your senses possession does have a film like possession does assault your senses. Okay. There's a lot of screaming constantly in that film. Right. I'm just saying it's not something I thought about really to our review. I don't mean to interrupt. though. Yeah. No, it's fine. It, it, like to me, but it had no point for me. Yeah. Um, I love the sound design and it's very not. I'm not going to compare it to Nope because that was a dope movie. Um, mm, I, I loved the way it kind of transferred from left to right, you know, as, as people were walking down the hall and you hear screaming and, you know, this, this character was screaming because her hair was on fire or you hear Tito screaming in the background. And as they move down the hallway, it, it, it goes away. I thought that was great. The color to me just was terrible. Um, man, the interviews went so long. I mean, that's, that's got to be at least a 10 minute scene, right? To establish all the characters that were in this movie. So there were way too many characters. The dance sequences dope too long. And then we get to the, the, the title sequence 40 minutes into the movie. So it's like, um, oh man, I just, it took me out of it. And like at the end of the movie, I just felt like, oh, this is dizzying. Oh, there's a lot of colors here. Oh, wow. We're going upside down now. <laughs> Disneying, that's a good descriptor of this film. Yeah. And it's like... John, that was kind of adorable. <laughs> for the listeners, you couldn't see, but John tilted his head slowly. Yeah, and, I did. and I'm like, oh, should I... Like a dog that's down? confused. Should I lay upside down to watch this? I hmm. almost did, bro. Uh, so did I. To watch that <laughs> last scene, I thought about going upside down just to watch it. So did I. I, I fucking it. seriously did. I rented it on Voodoo. I was thinking about rewinding it and watching it all back. And I'm like, nah, not worth it. 
Um, so uh, acting bad. I, I, I thought that I thought this could have been a brilliant movie. This could have been like really, really, really good, but it wasn't. It didn't mm-hmm. come together. It didn't mesh. There, there, mm-hmm. there was no like connective tissue to this. There are some brutal scenes in here. It's a horror movie through and through. Um, I'm going to give this a, what was the measurement? Dance numbers. Okay. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 10 dance numbers. Okay. Cool. Hydraberg. What do you think? Uh, I'm trying to formulate my score, to be honest, because it's definitely come up since we've talked about the film. So I, I was giving it a two when we started. Okay. It's definitely come up from that because that seems a little low because there is some artistic merit to this film. The, the, mm-hmm. There's a melange of things <laughs> that I enjoyed about this film. You're so funny. Mention, no, melange and Rob Zombie are going to be things we mentioned in every show. Okay. Boom, we nailed it. Rob Zombie. <laughs> Never mentioned it all day. <laughs> I, you know, this is the first time that we've taken this long no. to actually mention. I'm glad we didn't just. No, we did earlier know. when we were no, talking we about. We mentioned his brother. We didn't. never. Yeah, and somebody said, Rob, "Somebody said I don't want to hear anything Rob Zombie related. Or, I don't ah. want to see anything Rob Zombie related." Hydra-Burn. I think you said that, Hydraburn. So you got it early. All right. So anyway, um, yeah. All right. So man, I'm just while we're talking about this movie, I'm thinking of uh, Saturday Night Live, and I'm thinking of this is the part of Sprockets when we dance. <laughs> and we're fucking German dancing. Watch my monkey. Dance. Watch him. Love him. Skin. Yes. I'm his happy. Yes, do it. Girl. We're dancing. Oh my God. You guys. It's fucking totally reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it earlier. That was really you funny. Doing your yes. review and I didn't want to fucking like fuck it up by mentioning it then. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> this is an interesting premise for a film. It's really interesting, actually. Like it's a, it, it's different. It's original. Um, everybody, you know, trapped in a, in a room in, or in a small uh, place and uh, dealing with this, like, you know, them tripping out or whatever. Like, it's 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 not something you're used to seeing in a film. Uh, there's some definite disturbing imagery that I enjoyed. Um, some of it definitely makes you feel on edge. Like, it's it's hard to watch a little bit. And I appreciate that as much as like. That can be a ding sometimes, but at the same time, like that's what we're here for, right? Like we want to be, uh, we want our our senses uh, to be tantalized or stimulated, right? And um, there's some great camera work I feel like in this film, although like sometimes he's like sniffing his own butt a little bit. Where like, yeah, like bro, you don't have to stay upside down the entire fucking shot. You have a beautiful <laughs> shot, and you're ruining it by staying upside down the entire time. Like I, I'm not watching the movie on my fucking head, bro. <laughs> Sorry, I know you're trying to turn me on my head, like turn the genre on its ear or whatever you're trying to do, but like it's not working, bro. Didn't it feel like he like did a little bit of an homage to uh, Tarantino a little bit? Like was was some of the title? Well, Tarantino's not the first person to do that, but yeah, no, I understand. But I mean, it just felt like an homage to Tarantino a little bit. I could see that, Could like Kill Bill. Yeah, almost kind of like chapter divided. I also maybe. thought like the music, the score is really excellent in this film. Like it works well. Like I'm not into that John, that type of music, but man, like, does it help ramp up the scene really well? Like that music is playing in the background. You hear that utmost uh, up on everything else that's going on. You hear that the most, right? Like, yeah. And like your senses are assaulted with this film in my, in my opinion, which is a negative and a positive. 
And one of those senses is your, your hearing, right? And like you were hearing this music beat after beat. And it's, it's, yeah. it's ramping up during scenes that are ramping up themselves in tone. And I appreciate that. Um, I feel like it's is, exhausting. Almost. It is. It it's is. Like, it's meant to be right. It's just constant yeah. droning. It like wears you down. Yeah. Right. It does. It breaks you down. And the films are starting to break you down, too, with their subject matter. Like and I get what he was going for. And some of it's like some of it works. Some of it doesn't. For me. Agreed. Had we spent a little bit more time with these characters and and I felt more invested in them, I would have felt more about what's going on with them scene to scene. Uh, on that though, I do think the performances were great. Like I think even though John, I like you can make a smart, I think most of these people delivered for the most part on their performances. They weren't the greatest actors and like their dialogue when they now performing doesn't necessarily mean talking. Right. They were performing regardless mm-hmm. whether they were giving dialogue or not. So like, I do think that some of their performances were really good, right? The dancing was excellent. Uh, some of them just acting like total pricks in a fucking party experience were good, believable. Like I've dealt, you, you deal with people in random parties sometimes. These people only knew each other for three days. Some of them are fucking pricks. The problem is that the film sure. portrays most of them as pricks. Mm. And that's a problem for me. There's nobody to really get behind except maybe like Omar. He got kicked out of the fucking party. He froze to death. Like you never sent, you never spent enough time with him anyway to know whether he was a good guy or not. Silva, I think, is our main person that we get behind. And I think she did a great job. Uh, her acting is great. Like, obviously, she's the real actor in the in the film. She definitely portrays her role really well, like, from scene to scene. Her acting goes up and down. I don't mean in quality. I just mean in, like, the scenes. Like, she's one day, she, one, one minute she's fucking up and she's screaming with joy. And the next minute she's screaming in pain and agony. And we don't know what she's feeling, whether like I, I was starting to feel some of these people were poisoned. I didn't know if it was LSD at first, because I'm thinking like their body is actually like feeling like they're deteriorating or something's wrong, like they're feeling inner pain. Um, it was hard to tell exactly what they were on at first. I, but on that point, like the sound design is excellent, John. Like you said, like there's so many noises coming from different places. I almost feel like I watched this with my headset on if it had spatial audio. Like to feel like there's screams coming out like the, the chick who burned herself. Like I was wondering what the fuck happened to her the entire film. Am I, is she running around the building like on fire? Yeah, I, I'm wondering if it would have sound, sounded better in like a theater setting. Yeah, maybe like the back and forth, left and right. Yeah, that if it would have like. Came and I think some bit. of the screams we hear are that chick just dousing herself with water the entire time and feeling the pain of like trying to like she didn't go to the authorities she didn't go to an ambulance or, or an emergency room right she was trying to just douse the the flames with water she was high on she coke. Was trip, she was high on coke and acid yeah so she was candy flipping for those that don't know what that means she was what candy flipping it's when you when you mix drugs like that oh. like psychedelics and other drugs good to know thank you yeah um there are some interesting characters i thought in this movie presented to us but they're never fully explored Mm -hmm. right like there's a melange if you will of fucking characters in this film where i felt like this had this film i'm not saying it needed to be longer it could have been if you cut out the fucking 47 minutes of dancing and random gossip you know uh because none of that really fucking put me into the film any any further the dancing i get like i get 
lending some time to the dancing because that's what the film's about, right? Sure. And for for Christ's sake, it's it's phenomenal. The dancing, like the dance number they do in the beginning, is is awesome. It's art. Like I get I loved it. it. I, I loved it too. Yeah, I loved it, and it does set a tone for what the film is going to be like, and I like that, especially since you get in the beginning. But um, I just wanted to feel more for these characters, and I just didn't, you know, unfortunately. So, like, to my cons, there's really no character development in this film at all, like, really. And I get, like, this is not, the, like I said before, this is not the type of film that you're going to spend a lot of time with the characters. It takes place in, like, five-hour span. They're tripping out, and we're just moving around kinetically back and forth between most of the people. So I get that. Um uh like the camera just follows everybody around the party which as they go nuts which is a cool premise i just feel like part of it is uninteresting to me like because we never sit long enough and in any place to really get a vibe for what's going on we never sit any long long enough with any one person or a couple people to really feel what they're going through we never got to see anybody really talk to each other before this rehearsal either like we Mm -hmm. saw that interview john which you said they spent a lot of time on and they did and that was meant to give us a little bit of a character development i feel like we were meant to feel something for those characters and see them in a light before this happened Mm -hmm. and we did but it just there were so many characters like you said john so like it went from one character to the next we never really got this we got the gist of everything all right so and so's uh brother and sister relationship are they twins maybe not uh, so-and-so's uh, gender fluid. Uh, this person might take drugs, might not take drugs. We don't know. But it was never enough to really. And the fact that they improved a lot of stuff in the film, it lent to some of that chaoticness, which I think makes the film what it is. But also it took away from uh, me really feeling invested in these characters. I feel like if you had described a little bit more backstory for these characters and given that to the actors before they um, did their improv, I think that would have helped out a lot. Um the film, like I said, it's just an assault on the senses. And, and like some will say that's art and I get that. I get that argument. But it just seems more like pure shock value to me than actual substance. Um, like we're meant to just be assaulted by this film and feel like, oh, my God, like I don't know what to feel about this film. And like if I don't like it, I just like maybe I just don't get it. And like I don't think that's it either. I didn't like this film that much. And I don't think it's because I didn't get it. I just think it just it just bothered me a little bit. And like Possession, that that film did that as well. And constant screaming during a film like can get to you. Just like a lot of people complain about um, the Babadook because of the kid, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's fucking screaming all the time. And I understand that. But that was the point in that film. I don't know if that necessarily is the point in this film. I don't know. Um, I like I originally wrote like this film just seemed like a waste of time to me. But after this conversation, I don't feel that way exactly anymore. Um, I appreciate the conversation. You know, this filmmaker has something to say. He's made a lot of other films that I haven't seen yet. And I do want to see them based on this work, even though I don't love this film. uh, I see its merit and I just do want to see what else he has to say as a filmmaker. If every film is this sort of way, though, like I like give like if that's your thing, bro, like like I don't know. It's not my it's not my shtick, but uh, honestly, and my one really main gripe is just given LSD willingly or not willingly, I don't think people would devolve into this like crazy nature. Like, I don't think you're going to want to fuck your sister just because you had LSD. Like, if that's in you, it's in you already. And I get like, that's what the filmmaker's saying. Like, some of these, these 
this nature is in the people already, but like every single person is depraved in this fucking film. Like, give me somebody who's at least honorable in the beginning and then becomes a little depraved because of the drugs or like everybody just instantly goes fucking ape shit. It's just saying humanity's abhorrent. Uh, I get that, but not everybody in humanity. There's some people that rush into danger and safety. I agree with you. Nobody's that abhorrent unless you're a serial killer. I've taken LSD. None of this has ever happened. (laughs) So maybe this is like a statement of total like misanthropy by um and like i get like no, maybe he's like just a total misanthrope maybe this is like his view of human yeah. nature and he's like, like hey don't we're all don't, shitty and given the opportunity you'll get you know your true shittiness will shine through and i right. understand that i can I get behind that i get that like human it's a, nature it's a viewpoint fucked up. but like also don't tell me that like lsd is not the focal point when it obviously fucking is bro Right. Like you gave this drug to the all these characters and that's what made them do this. And I've taken LSD. Have you taken LSD, bro? I hope so. If you're going to write a whole film about it. <laughs> so I for that, bad. like I, got, I definitely have gripes about this film. Maybe he was um, high when he was making it. I'm going to give I mean, everybody went to college, John. So most people did at least. Maybe they took drugs there. I took them in high school. With that said, I'm going to give Gasper no ways. A climax from 2018. I'm going to give it a 4.0 out of 10 dance numbers. That's up from two. I was going to give it fucking two. I think that's quite like I'm going to meet you guys in the re- middle. Respectable. I think that's respectable. I, I'm I, the low score here. And also, Jacqueline, you're fucking we're we're even for Thanksgiving. We are even. Okay. I just want you to seem say really that. mad. I'm kind of- no, I'm just saying like that's a focal point. Definitely. Because <laughs> I get a lot of shit about picking Thanksgiving and like I get it. It's not a good film. I knew that. Thanks Killing did not even make my bottom three in our one year retrospective. Let me point out. It did not make my bottom three. Really? Because it was fun in a way. Like it was a bad film, but I had fun watching it. So you know, it was uh, a bad film going in. Yes. And so I like I don't even her bottom three was actually House of a Thousand Corpses. Nope. 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 Kidding. It was not. Um, but Hydra, I don't. If I ever give you shit about Thanks Killing, it's it's joking because I, I act. Know. I'm glad. I I enjoy. I had fun watching that movie. I'm sorry, I didn't movie, mean to like assault I, you. But yeah, like I climax. was a little scared. You were a little. You were coming at me a little. I was climaxing. Hydra. Oh my god. Be a little okay. tense around my climax. If you want anger, throw it towards Michael and me because we gave it the lowest score. We gave it a half star. <laughs> yeah, but Michael's not on the show enough to get. He gives me shit through the voicemails. Well, you can give me shit. Yeah. She she was kind of with you on this one, or that one. She was. You're actually you're actually right. But well, anyway, this film and it was a, it was definitely a lower film on my my rating score. I, I I totally respect. I don't think I've like strongly disagreed with you about anything. Um, <clears throat> I think it's just a matter of how. I feel like I could have rated it lower now. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with four. I've already well good. I've typed it in my phone and that's yeah. it. So I'm not changing it. I was gonna go three, but you know what? Like there is some really good camera work. There's some good there's some good directing. And there's stuff I do like about this film, but yeah, it's it's not it's not funny. Jacqueline, did I give it a three point five? Yes. You did. That's why I gave it a four. Well, hold on. Uh I'm gonna stay right there, three point five. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Thanks. I felt like maybe I liked it a little bit more than you, John. So that that's why I went to four. Yeah. If, like if John's giving it a three point five. On his scale, maybe I'll give it a four because I feel like I liked it a little bit more than John. True. I think those are fair, fair-minded uh, I was gonna reviews. Give it I, I respect those. All right, they're going in the spreadsheet and can never All be right. changed. They're in pen now. They're yeah. fucking. 
Do we have any trivia on this movie? Oh yeah. I have, oh, nice. I have good I have good tri- good trivia on this. Looking forward to it. Some of it I've already sprinkled throughout, as you know. Like acid um, in the sangria. Um, so I don't know. So I do have the direct quote if you want to hear this. Um, I'll just take one second. Fear, fear, and in- this is from Gaspar Noé. Fear, fear, and insecurity drives people crazy. If you're spiked with anything, even if people make you drink against your will, the experience will be very bad. If anybody spikes your drink with a downer, even if somebody puts Xanax in your drink, the experience will be awful. I would say it's the feeling of being cheated that turns people paranoid and aggressive. And some substances that you can take can wake up parts of your brain that are not civilized and can also suppress the civilized parts of your brain. Just the effect. That's what he said for what it's worth. Yeah. It feels like a date rape. <clears throat> like uh, I spiked your drink just to make you feel a certain way. I don't Yeah. No, it's definitely like a terrible, terrible, like completely immoral, violent thing to do. Um, but here's okay. So here's actual trivia. <clears throat> we'll say thank god there was not a rape scene in this film agreed besides well the incest possibly yeah well i mean if, if somebody's intoxicated like by definition i feel like that they can't you really think consent but most people were consensual they were all intoxicated so like even the aggressors were still mm-hmm. met by granted like yeah it's, it's i don't buy that yeah well, I, if two I, people I, are drunk and one person like forces themselves on the other person you can't say it's consensual just because i divert I, and i'm gonna go back to the brother and sister thing she kept saying yeah no. that's yeah no yeah she was, was saying no. she kept saying yeah, no. Right. so the other couples that got together never felt uh, true. true i i agree with that but i mean you go back to the incest thing and she kept yeah. saying no so yeah it, i kind of felt like um, Ivana trying to make yeah, out with Selva was like to, I feel like Selva didn't really want to do that, and she finally just kind of like, she went with it. She did, but I think it was like she like she had her backed up against the wall, and I she was kind of like forcibly kissing her, and I kind of felt like Selva just eventually like went along with it because she gave up. But I don't know, not not like totally overt, but it seemed kind of um, non consensual to me. Anyway, the way that you point actually, that out though. Being that it's just two women too, because a lot of times it's it's a man that's the aggressor, and it's interesting to see a film portray that too with just two women. Yeah, and she I did seem a little aggressive. I felt like she was really aggressive, and not she was also really rebounding like... because she was turned down by uh, the Polish chick. I forgot her name. Mm-hmm. Psyche. Psyche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psyche. What a stupid name. <laughs> there were a lot of weird names here, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the the script was only five pages long mm, because it was mostly improvised. Uh, shot in 15 days so the second half of the film is made up almost entirely of a single unbroken 42 minute long take so that's impressive to me yeah and that's why i want to rate this movie higher than i originally really? did mm-hmm. it shows yeah yeah and this is a real location is it not this is not something put together on a sound no i think it's a real location jack yeah, it looked it can i bump my score up to a four that was actually that's pretty dope <laughs> okay that was horrible. i'm sorry that, that, that that's impressive no, no seriously I, I, mean that. I i think that's awesome that is impressive okay. like you can see a lot of that like i do like the filmmaking the way it travels from scene to scene i just mm-hmm. think you could have that filmmaking technique could have lent towards spending a little bit more time in certain areas where mm-hmm. they mattered where like mm-hmm. that that time spent with characters mattered more yeah, it's not the like it's ju- very like back heavy, like it's totally yeah. weighted on one side. It's like the, it is totally unbalanced. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah unbalanced. It's, not, it's not like I'm bumping my score up to an eight. You know, I'd be just no, no. 
a half a half point for that. That's fantastic. I think part of that relies on the fact that like the drugs kick in at a certain time, and that's when the film changes. And I get that. Right. Totally. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But then spend a little bit more time moving around with the characters in the beginning, and sure. less on the dance number. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Which Agreed. is meaningful as well because that stuck with me too. The dancing definitely did stick with me. Yeah. So the film was written, shot, and edited in only four months in order to mm. meet the Cannes Film Festival deadline. Like that's a really quick turnaround. That's, that's impressive. Pretty, and it probably required a lot of very complex editing, would be my guess. Yeah. Um, because of the whole, like trying to keep it as one whole shot. Yeah. Well, and just trying to capture the very like kind of wild dancing they were doing. Uh-huh. I feel like you had to have like certain camera angles and cut it together a certain way. I don't I don't really know anything about editing, but it seems like the editing would have been really important and complex. for. This. I thought the editing was really good. Like when they did that over the top shot, like the second dance scene where it was just like almost like a helicopter shot. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. They, they all jumped into the circle and doing their own kind of dance. That was actually pretty dope. And that was improvised. Was it? So that was just each of the dancers doing their own thing and trying to express their character through improvised. But they jumped into, they jumped on their marks at the right, at the right time. I feel like it it looked good. I didn't feel improvised. Really did. So, well, I like, they may have had to go in a certain order or something, but like the dancing itself was like spur of the moment. It wasn't choreographed. No, it felt, felt good though. Hmm. Uh, when we see the audition tapes on the TV, some of the works that you see to the side are, um, uh, references to Luis Buñuel, who's like an experimental um, filmmaker. He did Un Chien Andalou. Do you guys know about that? It's like a very surrealist kind of short film. Um, uh, Dario Argento. Um, there's also Salo, 100 days, 120 Days of Sodom. Uh, is there? I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I did. I think that. it might have been upside down, but it was there. No, I haven't I, seen I, that. I saw that movie like on the, the, the right side. Mm-hmm, of- exactly. Yeah, and there are a few others, but I forgot to write them down. Zombie. Um, sorry? Zombie was one of them. Yes. I think yeah. it's like zombie. I thought so, too. <laughs> Schizophrenia was Oh, you wrote there. them down. Cool. Hara Kira, Labyrinth Man, uh, Kirella. Some of them seemed like obscure. Petrol de Plus Fort. Mm. Cyborg was on there. Solo. Cyborg, the Van Damme film? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know about that. Was it wasn't possession on there, too? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Possession was on there. Yeah, I I was writing down names as I was looking at the movie. So, oh, cool. Okay. I I meant to do that and I I didn't. What Um, about the books? No, I couldn't. I couldn't see those as well. I think I wrote down one or two. I was talking to Jacqueline for that. Yeah, I I think I noticed one or two, but I either didn't write them down or I I can't find I don't know what I did with it. Um, Gaspar Noé stated that the production of this film was the most peaceful he ever had, much contrary to the content of the movie. There were no arguments offset and no use of alcohol or drugs. Oh, nice. Based on the subject matter, that's odd. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Um, According to Sophia Butella. That's because they're not real actors. Uh, well, the, so the girl who plays Selva, um, Sophia Butella, said that the scenes required four hours of rehearsal and over 13 takes each. Goddamn. That's a lot. Wow. He does act her ass off in this. She mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is actually very loosely based on a real thing that happened in the 90s. I don't know if you guys could tell, but the film was set in 1996. Okay. Um, and he 
so when they were filming, you know, I told you everything was almost everything was improvised. So Gaspar Noé told the dancers slash actors, like, you can kind of take this wherever you want, but the only rule is you can't make reference to any modern technology or anything because it's supposed to be 1996. So they can't have like, they can't all have cell phones and, you know, all that stuff. So MySpace and whatever. Yeah. But so, so it's loosely based on the, on something that supposedly really happened where there was like a party or a group of people and somebody spiked the punch with LSD and they tripped out, but like nothing violent or terrible happened, but just because it doesn't happen like that. Hmm. (laughs) They were just filling the carpet going, Oh, that feels so nice. Yeah. Mon Cherie. So they got high, but nothing bad happened. So um yeah so he had so um no i had read something about this in the news and was like oh no way a film about that no way no way bro (laughs) that's Um, why we gotta get bumps i get rim shot for hydrobro yeah yeah so supposedly at the end of the opening dance sequence when they all kind of freeze in place supposedly the pose of their bodies spells out the word acid I rewound that and watched it a couple really? times and I could not see that. If it's I just, improvised, I couldn't see it. how would they? No, no, no. The opening scene was oh, choreographed. Okay. That's the okay. only part that was like okay. totally That's interesting. choreographed. Yeah. Because there is a scene where they all come together. Mm-hmm. And suppo- I, uh, so, supposedly it spells out acid with their bodies, but I just, I couldn't. I know, I, but I got the vibe of like the uh, remake of uh, Suspiria when they did that. Yeah, well, those came out the same year, both 2018. Yeah, 2018. Okay, all right. It's a good Which year for dance horror. At some point later on in the year, hmm, perhaps. Hmm. Very hmm. nice. One hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie received a lengthy standing ovation during its premiere at Con. Well, I don't know. I've never been to Con, so I don't know. But do like do people just give those out willy nilly? Every con seems to have any film that's shown at con that's like seems to have a standing ovation. John's giving it a standing ovation. Everybody later says, Why did that get a standing ovation? If it deserves a standing ovation, John, you're going to change your score to a 10 out of 10 because it's just that good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Gaspar Noé says he wanted to make a psychological drama that is the counterpoint to Stanley Kubrick's 2001, so much so that instead of seeing the apes evolve into humans, Climax is like seeing the humans go back to being apes. Okay. So that's it. That's all I got. I thought it was like somewhat interesting trivia. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like that last one. That was good. I feel like maybe we need to cover mother. Oh God. No, we don't. (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) I just got like totally deflated. Like, oh shit. Wait, hold on. It's Hydraberg's pick next. It's pick. He can choose whatever. All right. So my pick for next week, uh, it changed during the show. Okay. Okay. I had something planned and then uh, you guys tell me what's on Shutter recently. And with James Conn's recent death, I think I want to cover Misery. Yay. And we haven't Ooh. done any Stephen King films, have we? I we have not, right? Don't think so. All right. No. So let's cover Misery next week. Nice. Right. Or James Conn. Cool. Sounds great. All right. I will put it on the spreadsheet. Again, you can find means... it free on Shutter, and you can rent it on most other streaming services, I'm sure. Yeah, they Indeed. just, since it's August, they just released a whole bunch of Stephen King movies like Sam. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 
Firestorm. It's a big grab for them right now. And then, why why shouldn't we take advantage of it? I thought about it during the show, and I'm like, let's fucking do Misery. Misery. It's a great choice. Oh, I'm very yes. happy that you've chosen that. Oh, no. I kind of want to get a guest host for this one. If There's I can. still time. Dude, There's if you're with a certain person who's been on our show a couple times that I think would be really good for this episode. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hyderberg looks very coy right Nicole. now. I'm just going to hide here in the light and shadow. Nicole. <laughs> Sorry. Nicole. <clears throat> Sorry. I did. I... We'll, ju- we'll just have to see if anybody wants to jump on and, and guest mm. host our show next week. Nicole. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so. <laughs> great choice so next week's episode will officially be on misery yes. um i believe directed by rob reiner is that right yes okay so in the meantime if you want to share your thoughts on climax, i know that some of our friends have seen climax and i'd be very interested to hear any thoughts that anybody has so if you want to share those with us feel free to email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at cut above horror you can find us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. I like us on Facebook, a cut above colon or review. And again, we keep that five star rating going on Spotify. So thank you guys so much. Uh, keep those five star ratings coming on iTunes and wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, John. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. I just I just want to give a shout out that like. All right, so I've been tracking the numbers, and our Nope episode is our highest downloaded episode ever right now yep. in just a week's time, right? And that's monumental for me. I just think that's really cool to see. It's the first time we've done, like, a new release on on point when it's released like that, and we're definitely going to try and do more like that. But um, just to hear everybody's feedback, and also uh, we've recently reached uh, our 5,000 downloads for the for the past year since we've been out. Which I think I don't know what to compare that to, but to me that's pretty awesome. I like I am bowled over by that. I I can't believe yeah. we have five thousand downloads. Yeah. So, so we just we appreciate everybody us. who Absolutely. listens to the show so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, we're just three jerks like sitting around like bullshitting and like people want to listen to us and we appreciate that so much thank you we appreciate your your help throughout the year with our growth and like we see our growth and we appreciate the the effort that you guys have put into helping us along the way yeah Yeah. people who reach out to tell us you know what they like about it and eventually yeah absolutely here's the one thing i want to say about my kids is that i reached out to hydroberg over a year ago. Your kids? Did you say kids? Yeah, because I'm older than both of you. So oh, okay. All <laughs> right, Papa. Um <laughs> here's the thing is that you guys are so awesome. You guys are the best hosts of a horror podcast that I could ever possibly imagine being a part of. And I love you guys. Over five thousand downloads in just over a year. Yeah, man. Let's be proud. Let's John, like we're like Charlie's open. angels, right? Like you're Charlie and you put us together. Well, we need one more angel. Yeah. That's that's Nicole. Nicole. She's yeah. the honorary angel. She is. <laughs> yeah. But thank you All guys. Right. I love you guys. And you guys have done fantastic. And uh, here's the 5,000 more. Let's get to 10,000 over less than a year, I guess. Absolutely. I hope so. Yeah. I love you guys too. Thanks for doing this awesome podcast. With yeah. Me misery cool next week go so go watch misery and then meet us back here this time next week 
and there will be a new episode on misery and keep it creepy now's the time when we dance dance sprockets that is really funny (laughs) 